for those of you listening, this is what a cold open sounds like, where we just kind of start on talking. We were going to do like, because um, like last episode, we did 10, um, and it was episode 10, so we did t- um, the Ty Dillinger's music, and then like, um, and then like, we were going to do Noam Dar's music, but it was shit even though he's got like an 11 inexplicably on his Titan Tron. And we're not doing that now because Noam Dar's music is shit, a bit like him. One and you are listening to JFAPE with me, Rich. King of everything, and Jay, <laughs> King of the Beards. Yeah. King, King of the Beards, right, okay. Hi everyone. <laughs> As always, we are available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. You can listen to us in all of those great places. We this week have put up a YouTube. You can find us there. And it's definitely not going anywhere. We're never going to change that name. We're quite happy with JFabe. And that's what you're listening to. This is episode 11 as well. We've turned out a lot of content. Yeah, we have, haven't we? Like, really loads of content. Okay, I think um, that's that's pretty much all of that remix I can stomach now. Well, I quite so like Jay, and Noam Dar isn't shit. Noam Dar, you're not seen the right. best of him yet, I don't think. Okay, okay. Um, to be fair, I, he just kind of strikes me as one of those people who is in ring ability is very, very good, but he's got the personality of a of a turnip. Mm, uh, yeah, okay. But his promo right. style is going to work better in NXT UK anyway, so. That's where he is now. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like it's like if you have, it's like if you have somebody who's like more of a, you know, more more of a more of a like stupid voice than a normal wrestling voice. You put them in the UK one. <laughs> <laughs> you mean if they don't sound American? Yeah. <laughs> right. Just okay. um. Just you know, connecting with my with my audience across the pond there, with my anti-UK sentiment. Yeah. So, Jay, what's been going on this week um, in Jay's life? Um, not much to be honest with you. Just um, watching wrestling and playing Street Fighter. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, Street Fighter Five, I assume. Yeah, Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition. Yeah, is that the one with um, Cody in it? Cody is in it, yeah. Yeah, cool. He's played by Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Not very good though, Cody. I don't like him anyway. No, but at least he's got Kenny Omega voice in him. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. That's, that's, that's always A+. Plus, <laughs> yeah. but... And Kenny, did you ever see the um, Kenny Omega um, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks face the New Day um, on Street Fighter Five? Uh, I didn't watch the YouTube video of it, no. 
or oh, Twitter. Okay. It's on Twitter. Um, it's definitely worth watching, actually. It's really, really good to see them together. They're all pretty damn good, to be honest. Um, obviously, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Xavier Woods are are really the the better ones. Um, Kofi Kingston isn't necessarily that great, um, if I'm honest. Um, Biggie is pretty damn pretty damn elite at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's mostly between Kenny and Xavier actually. Um, when it comes to um, Biggie, does does uh, most of his kind of advantage is through the um, is through character selection, um, and I don't know whether he was slightly in kayfabe at that point because he was certainly going for some of the bigger characters um, and kind of right. you know. But um, well, no, it was good to see. It was good to see there too. Gabriel, the, yeah. yeah, that fat guy. You know that fat guy with the mask. Fat guy with the mask. Yeah, I don't know. They might have been playing an ultimate edition or some other build, but okay. um, I don't like know Rufus. how I've. Yeah, it was like a Rufus. Does Rufus wear a mask or? Not normally. I don't know. He was, play... yeah, he was, he was wearing blue. Content. Whoever this guy was, but okay. no, no. Give it a watch anyway. It's um, it's certainly good background television, as this kind of stuff often is. Um, cool. I'll check that out. Well, I think that's our requisite kind of non-wrestling stuff um, talked about today. So Monday Night Raw um, this week that took place um, that took place on Monday the eighteenth. Obviously, um, it was coming on the back of the. Um, of a, a nice kind of ratings boost there, um, two point eight one nine million viewers on the previous week. Um, its key competition was the Bachelor, um, so wouldn't be too concerned about that. Yeah, not uh, too concerned no. about that. No, no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, the Bachelor may be a weekly weekly show. This is the first time probably I've read is. the um, yeah. key competition, but I, I can imagine that they probably just put on anything that's fairly fairly shite next to next to Raw because I mean it's a it's for actual on the night views it's probably one of the biggest things at the start of the week um, total YouTube viewership for the Raw brand last Monday um, 14,000 sorry 14 million 633,912 views that's down um, from um, 16 million so it's actually dropped 2 million um, views weekly um, on YouTube um, most viewed video was Triple H and Batista agreeing to a no holds barred match at WrestleMania. That was three million two hundred and twenty-two thousand six hundred and fifty-one views. That was from the March 11th episode, obviously. And the least viewed from the March 11th episode was Elias spoiling No Way Jose's party with just a paltry one hundred and fifty-seven thousand. 183 views. The medium viewership obviously being about half a million. Um, average attendance in this type of city um, is 9,235. It's what's considered an A city in um, the um, WWE's kind of playbook, as it were. Um, the average ticker, um, ticket price at the Allstate Arena is $108, which means that the gate was just shy of a million, most likely. That will have been 997,380. Um, opening segment. Um, have you have you had a chance to kind of catch up on Raw and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
Opening segment, I'm going to go with Forbes's notes because I'm I don't actually watch um, any wrestling at all. I never watch wrestling. No, I do watch wrestling, but um, Raw's not one I necessarily have time to catch while I'm while I'm building while I'm building the infrastructure necessary to make sure you have the best listening experience for years to come. Um, <laughs> um, so Forbes say of this opening segment that Paul Heyman has really become a size aficionado over the past few weeks after Brock Lesnar vanquished your favorite former independent wrestlers. Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar feels like a bigger potential match than Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. Size be damned. Um, tell me what happened and what your thoughts are in regards to this. I mean, all Paul Heyman did when he was out there was point out that um, that he has beaten all the smaller guys. They've been great matches, but it's always been Brock Lesnar coming out on top. Which then, obviously, bringing Seth Rollins in as the last like smaller, popular, top-tier talent. Moving forward, knowing well, well rumours floating around that Drew McIntyre will be facing um, Seth Rollins, um, but I'll point out how that can happen later on. Um, It'd be a damn good match. Oh, definitely. Definitely be a damn good match. But you can clearly see Seth coming out on top on this. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's clearly... What, are you talking about WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they changed the, if they changed the script after this Kofi thing. What, do they give, give, Kofi the, give Kofi the win? And yeah, Seth so, not I mean... The win. The the theory is at the moment, seemingly, that Kevin Owens was supposed to be um, the returning face to go against um, Daniel Bryan um, with Mustafa Ali as kind of the backup if he got over. Um, obviously, things went slightly different. And as a result, Kevin Owens is not going to have that giant face run at WrestleMania. Um, and therefore... Um, he was going to lose, by the way. Um, Kevin Owens was, naturally. And that will give Seth Rollins the ability to win. That's that's one of the prevailing theories I've heard in, heard in forums and similar. Right. Um, if it is a case of one win, one loss, and not a complete and utter WrestleMania, um, WrestleMania 20 kind of moment where, you know, two people take over the belt and it's a feel-good for the fans... I would say that that would that would potentially flip the script on this. And Brock Lesnar obviously is paid per day anyway, so it's not like it's not like they have to sign him for another another year to have him, you know, there until the next Saudi Arabia debacle. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that, Rich. So, moving moving on. Oh, okay, fair play. Yeah. Um, I believe, I believe next we have Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush um, against Finn Balor and Braun Strowman. I'm going to let you tell me your thoughts on that before I tell you Forbes's thoughts actually, because that would probably be better for the format. And what I got from this match um, mainly was it was kind of a throwaway match, but it was an entertaining match. The same. I mean, this is just going to um, set this up for another, obviously, international title match for Finn Balor at WrestleMania. Um, within this match, Leo, again, sounded like a boss with everything that Braun Strowman did to him. It was quite interesting to see on that. Um, but as regards to the demon 
being at WrestleMania is not likely at the moment. Because yeah. there's nothing uh, to really ask that to happen, really. Um, Bobby Lashley hasn't gone in and destroyed Finn Balor to flip that switch as of yet. So hopefully that does happen soon. Um, but yeah, no, overall it was a really good entertaining match. There's not really much so, and it was really, some really good spots outside. Um, but other than that, it was pretty entertaining. Fair play. Um, I've got that Michael Cole could have shown some common courtesy with a spoiler before his lame, monstrous opponent teaser. Um, I'm not quite sure what that means. Um, back in 2008, Batista was one of the biggest stars in WWE, but he did not have a match as um, have a match as the build for WrestleMania 24 went down to the wire. I had a conspiracy theory that WWE had somehow legitimately forgotten about him. I have the exact same theory about Braun Strowman, says our writer from Forbes. <laughs> Um, the last several Intercontinental Championships done a phenomenal job of making you forget they won the Intercontinental Championship. Can a belt come off as any more of a prop? This is, again, um, from Forbes there. I'll just say that's that's a fair reflection. It doesn't seem to be that related to the match itself. So Not really. Maybe I'm just going to stop leaning on them. But, um, um, <laughs> but on that, I mean, the last credible champion for the Intercontinental title was Seth Rollins. Mm. And before that was the Miz. Ah. I see. And they brought legitimacy to the title, but now it's flip-flopping between two people. So it does just act like a prop between them two in their feud. Yeah, it does. It, it just kind anything. of flips around, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it does lose all meaning when it is treated in that in that manner. To be honest, and I'm not the biggest fan of um, of that way of working. I think a, a a championship is there to elevate the person who holds it, or alternatively, be elevated the by the person yeah, yeah. holding it. Mm. Yeah, and exactly. it just doesn't seem to be happening. Um, next, we're 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 getting. Um, we're getting a moment of bliss. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Hate the segment. Ladies and gentlemen, Elias. Um, we get Elias in this section. Um, just watching it a little bit in the background. Um, just going to give that a little bit of a turn down there. Well, as Elias is going to tell you, he's going to be playing music at WrestleMania. Hello, I am Elias. He is going to be playing what, sorry? Music. He's just going to be playing music at WrestleMania. Oh. Which could then go in, into your um, theory of The Undertaker, but just coming out and decimating him and then wandering off backstage and getting paid like two mil for it. Who comes, who comes out and decimates him? Um, you had the theory of Undertaker, didn't you? I think we spoke about that before. Oh, yes. Yes. And that would be his appearance, um, but not a match. I see. Did um did we get interrupted by Ho uh, Jose Jose at some point, I believe? <laughs> Jose Jose, yeah, came out of heavy machinery with the front of it. Yeah, there he is, there yeah. he is. Yeah, and then he's being led by he's being yeah, is being led by various various different people, including, of course, heavy machinery. Um, those guys, heavy machinery. Yeah, yeah, that's good. The king of the job, the tag team. Yeah, love it. Mhm. Mm um, it's great to see them. Mm -hmm. Great to see them doing what they do best. Um, being in a conga line. Woman in a nacho hat. Yeah. 
Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Great segment. Um, Pardon me. <laughs> anybody associated with this segment <laughs> segment might have just punched their ticket into the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, I think. I really don't um, care about that, to be honest with you. It's yeah, probably going to be the first WWE talk show to formally get cancelled, I reckon. <laughs> what the moment bliss. Yeah, it is not very good, is it? No. I mean, no. the only reason, why she's, um, only reason why she's off TV is because she's had multiple concussions mm. in, a, in a short space of time, so they're not letting her wrestle. So they're just giving something to do I've heard that she's going. I've heard that she is possibly going to get a match. What for WrestleMania? Yeah. Do you think there's any kind of water to that? Not really. I mean, there's not really anything happening with her at the moment apart from the talk show. That's just what I've heard. Um, just I saw I saw somebody, some one of the more reputable news sources mention it. That's all. Um, I can't remember. How um, who it was though? So there you go. Um, probably best to move on then. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie. Um I hear that overall we're like WrestleMania 35. Um, this kind of broke earlier in the week. This was just before Monday Night Raw. However, um, it's believed that WrestleMania could have 17 matches. Um, I think we've spoken a little bit about this, um, but the the thoughts are it's possibly going to be six and a half hours long. Uh, I feel it's going to be like seven hours long anyway. You reckon seven hours long? Yeah. I mean that gives that gives each match a nice a nice cold twenty minutes. Um, if there is the full seventeen that everyone expects, I mean, I mean, that's assuming that both the battle royals, um, along with the cruiserweight match, um, end up on Pre-show. the two-hour kickoff show, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, then you have only seventeen main line matches ish. Um, so yeah, seventeen. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Angle versus to be announced, obviously. Is he, is he got his is he got his match? Oh he's got his match. Um, oh yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> no, I, I think we'll cover that later, won't we? Um that's gonna be exciting. In fact, I think we'll cover that right after we have our final say on Elias versus No Way Jose. They actually come back from break, and I believe they have a match. Is that correct? They, if they so, do have a match. What did you think I just thought match? we were just going to leave that because it was terrible. Um, I can if you want. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not much that happened, really. No way here is now has green hair. Yeah. He had most of I the mean, offense in the match, um, so he was doing his thing that he does that I don't like. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, this is a feud um, that is definitely not going to end up on the WrestleMania card. Um, if it's not good enough for WrestleMania, it probably wouldn't even be good enough for Fastlane. Um, my next question is, how long until these two are tag team champions? Why would you suggest that? 
Well, it seems to be WWE's way that if a feud is not good enough to um, end up on one of their pay-per-views, then they just throw them in a tag team together. Worked for the bar. Um, it's happening with Rusa K. That would be a terrible idea. I mean, I know, a... But then so was Rusa K. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see... You see, I, I am one step ahead of the curve. Um, I absolutely guarantee No Way Elias is going to be the hit of the summer. Um, Being buried. Kurt Angle and, yes, yes, of course. Being buried by Rusa K. That makes no sense. Kurt Angle and Chad <laughs> Gable. <laughs> How are we going with Kurt Angle and Chad Gable? What's our thoughts on uh, that? It is longer they had an epic match um yeah what, 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 what yeah. they did was quite cool um so yeah thank you fair play um how well should we see how um kurt angle kurt angle went down um with his with his big announcement shall we um do you think you want to about that the Kurt Angle Farewell Tour continues as I get to have a match right here in Chicago, Illinois. My name's Kurt Angle. You might remember me from when I was Mr. Potato Head. WrestleMania is 20 days, WrestleMania away. Is 20 days away. And, uh, and uh, it's, where it's where I will compete for the last time. Oh, oh. For those of you not watching at home, um, he's now looking at the WrestleMania sign. He may point at the WrestleMania sign. Um, it's a good one here. Oh, good who one could here. it possibly be? It's got to be. Yeah. Oh, just imagine AJ Styles. Oh, it could be could be Samoa Joe again. Oh, I could have an epic match, epic match with Chris Jericho. Could even could even kind of jump in. Oh, even Christian would have been better. Batman is Corbin. What? Oh, we've got to hear that reaction again. Wait, wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it again. It's Baron Corbin. Everyone, really confused. Why? I think he would have got. I think he would have got a better reaction if he had said that it was um that his opponent was going to be Eric Angle. <laughs> and that's saying something after the week he's had. Uh, wow. <laughs> any thoughts on this entire affair? The way I see it. Well, I hope the way I see it is this match isn't taking place. Okay. John Cena doesn't have okay. a match. Right. So John Cena could take out Baron Corbin on the stage and then say, I'm facing you. And then they can actually have a semi-decent match where Baron Corbin isn't in it. <laughs> what is Baron Corbin currently doing? Nothing. Is he, is he not feuding with Ambrose at this stage? Not really, no. Um... No. Ambrose Ambrose got his head kicked in, didn't he? And that's that. He did. He did got his head kicked in, but they did the whole 
Shield versus those three. So that was um, Drew McIntyre, Bubba Lashley, and Baron Corbin. So that's where that got squashed. So. <clears throat> I haven't place. seen anything um, with Ambrose even acknowledging um, Baron Corbin at the moment. So. Okay. So I guess that's that then. Well, do we know what Dean Ambrose is gonna gonna be up to? What at WrestleMania? Yeah. I don't think he's got a match as he has he. Mm, maybe maybe he'll face John Cena. But that makes the storyline would go. The storyline <laughs> would go. The storyline would go. I don't have a match, but I never give up. And I tell you, someone else who I thought would never give up. Dean Ambrose, and then you just lead into it. And it's you could write yeah, in thirty no, that's seconds. Fine. Yeah, but obviously you've got the whole Kurt Angle, uh, John Cena thing that started John Cena's career. Oh yeah, there's that too. That's probably and the also inducted into the Hall of Fame as well. Ah, then yeah, probably, probably should be, probably should be John. Should Cena, be John Cena. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Did we get the announcement for the for the Hall of Fame this week? Who are we getting? Please don't be Taz. Oh, it was. I know who it was. It was um, a WWE employee, wasn't it? Oh, the Warrior thing. Yeah, the yeah, Warrior some, Award. Some WWE employee um, who I'm sure has done wonderful work. Um, that's that's um, fine. Actually, uh... Jinder Mahal got defeated by Stalwart Ricochet. Um, is that correct? Uh, how that yeah, all I got there was Ricochet wins. Uh, uh, 6.30, boom. Fair play. Um, how... They're just keeping Ricochet on TV because um, Alistair Black's in Holland with his new wife, visiting family. And what, uh, yes. and what not so just keep them on TV so everyone can remember who he is basically and just keep the titan name in everyone's mind how is um, how do you feel um, well how good is it to see Jinder Mahal back in a job or position it's great it's yeah. fantastic this is actually yeah. where he should have been all along but um, he was. He, I don't know. It was a good. It was an interesting. It was an interesting experiment because I did not hate a heel as much as I hated Jinder Mahal for a very long time. Um, however, it was one of those cases of go home heat versus or X Pac heat, as it's called, um, as opposed to legit heat, wasn't it? Well, I guess so. But he's still a terrible wrestler. He's yeah. never been a WWE champion. The only reason why it was because they tried to move in the market, and he was put in that spot. The closest, too, the closest yeah. genetically, um, yeah. to the market. He's, he's, area he's from Canada, so yeah, which is practically, practically New India. Delhi. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ronda Rousey and Dana Brooke. Um, so I've been, I've been told that this is kind of um, part of what can only be described as Ronda Rousey's um, current coming out party as a heel. Um, would that be fair to say? And how do you think she's she's faring up as a heel at the moment? 
very well. Uh, she's doing yeah. much better than she was before. I love this character, and it works really well. Completely breaking kayfabe, um, as she was an MMA performer, so or fighter, shall I say? So yeah, it makes a lot of sense for her to do that. So um, this is one of those matches where I may as well just tell everybody what happens bell to bell because it's only two minutes. <laughs> Um, referee puts arms in there. There's a bell. Ronda Rousey comes towards Dana Brooke. Left kick gets caught by Dana Brooke. Slapped to the face with the left hand. Um, roundhouse knee straight to the face. Dana Brooke on right her back. Um, three knees straight to the guts after dragging it up by her hair. Straight into an arm lock. Tap straight onto the leg. Ronda keeps holding. Have you seen the armbar? Oh, that was brutal. Yeah. That like is one arm brutal armbar. It wasn't her little it, fake armbar that she's been doing for a while. It was an armbar. Yeah, it's a full-on armbar. It's a full-on it, armbar. It is what... Yeah, she is. She has got some heavy levels of confidence here. you got two referees in the ring now trying to pull them apart, and she just throws it off like it was absolutely nothing. Pushes a referee out of the way. Just, just slides under the rope, far side from the aisle. Shouts some abuse as she goes. Um, let's, let's see if we... Security come down. Let's see if we can... Security are coming down. Yep. And then she forums one of them. Slaps the security guard. Starts hammering him. And then Travis Brown comes in with a nasty forum. Nasty forum. And yeah, like she's, like, yeah, she's daring them. Then Travis Brown takes her over the barrier. Yep, carries her straight over the barrier. Um, so Forbes go on to mention that it is not too late for Travis Brown to replace Baron Corbin um, in a shoot match with Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 35, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. What are your thoughts on Travis Brown, Jay? <laughs> um, that'd be quite an interesting match, but for a last match for Kurt Angle, it would. I don't, it wouldn't, wouldn't be right. I don't think. I mean, Baron Corbin obviously is not the greatest choice in the world, but having someone in there doing a shoot fight with someone who is the amateur wrestler. Um, I think I think when it comes to shoot fighting, though, I I think I would be, um, I would be fairly, fairly pleased to have Kurt Angle in my corner, even if he is against, even if he is against a brawler like Travis Brown. Um, so what have you, what what have you, your research? What has that, what has that shown you on on this Travis Brown character? Because I know you haven't seen one of his matches, but I know that you still have a bit of a knowledge of the MMA world in and of itself. Yeah. So he was. Um... At the Ultimate Fire 17 final, um, he faced Overeem in 2003. I mean, I was watching MMA back then. I don't understand why I haven't. I haven't even seen any of his matches. You got Josh Barnett as well, but um, he's had 20, 26 fights in total. 18 wins, 14 by knockout, two by um, submission, two by decision, seven losses. Um, there were four by knockout, submission one, and decision two. So he hasn't got a bad record, to be fair. He seems like a pretty badass motherfucker. Mm. So um, is that... I mean, I'm not, stats, I'm not a I mean, massive Olympic gold medalist versus, versus... No, 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 no. Pretty bad, to be fair. Yeah. Obviously, they're not all wins, but he's not had that many losses either, isn't he? Uh, well, losses. I believe Brock Lesnar had a few, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> he lost his first match against Frank Smith, so... Yeah, and CM Punk <laughs> didn't up... fare too well. So. CM Punk... <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> he had a really good time in MMA. He's now become a commentator, apparently. <laughs> and that's all we say about that. <laughs> oh, the Pepsi Max attack is coming back oh, on commentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Watch yeah, out, guys. <laughs> Yeah, watch out, watch out. At the end of at the end of the matches he goes and drinks some kale in the middle of the ring. Drink some kale. <laughs> yeah, and then maybe goes to sleep. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway. Um so I yeah, like so that. doing that to Pizzing Punk. I loved his wrestling, it was great, but yeah. I I loved him as a wrestler, it was very, very good. Um so yeah, Travis Brown. Back to Travis Brown. So he's generally quite legit for what he does then? Yeah. I mean, did you see that for? <laughs> yeah, I mean, pull that... back on that. That was an elbow to the face. I don't know. He's just that guy. He just got smashed in the yeah, face. Didn't he, really? be... <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, that security guard nearly ended up back in the independent scene. <laughs> the guardians <laughs> of the independent scene. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, moving moving forward. Yeah, move, moving forward. <laughs> moving forward, can you remember at what point and through what storyline Apollo Crews actually became friends with Kurt Angle? No. Okay, um, more to the point. <laughs> are you noticing, you know when Kurt Angle has these inexplicable connections with athletic young, young upstarts, are you noticing something that's kind of a bit in common what's that with the wall well I have you noticed that they're all black <laughs> like we're we talking about Jason Jordan by any chance well you've got Jason Jordan but then you've got Shelton Benjamin yeah and you know at one point there was a Bobby Lashley connect friendship as well yeah um and but where are you going like, at this point? It's I don't know. There's almost a I don't know. I, 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 I just don't understand why all his friends are African American athletic types. Um, do you think he's secretly closeted homosexual? I suppose is what I'm going to say. <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> My answer is yes, yes, yes. I do think yeah. that. Yes. Um, um, how was the? How was the? How was the Apollo Crews versus thing Corbin? Anyway? Yeah. Okay, so Baron Corbin's just been um, named the person who's facing Kurt Angle. He gets rolled up in a schoolboy to lose that match, which makes him look weak. As fuck. If you're going to try and build someone to face Kurt Angle at WrestleMania, that person has to be dominant going into WrestleMania if they're really going to have that match. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. The story doesn't necessarily have to be that. Baron Corbin is the type of wrestler who doesn't always win legitimately in wrestling contests. Um, and with Kurt Angle being a pure wrestler and probably wanting to keep his match pure, having Baron Corbin over the next few weeks um, perhaps bring out his more um, vicious brawler side and, of course, cheat um, could actually get legs to it. I mean, they've got they've got two more weeks to build. Baron Corbin is going to cheat his way to victory as the storyline. Um, and 
I don't think we necessarily need two weeks to build. Baron Corbin is going to cheat his way to victory, mm. considering his last his last pay per view appearance, he cheated his way to victory. Let's <laughs> make it a bit more personal than it is going in. Obviously, they had the whole general manager thing. Baron general Corbin manager, yeah. Blah blah blah. So it's, so it's already personal, but that happened a long time ago. We need some sort of beat down with chairs, put people through tables, kind of thing. But obviously, you can't just cut angle right now because he can barely move. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, at least, at least until until you send him some some painkillers inside grapes. Mm. Um, speaking of painkillers, um, it's another talking segment this time with um, Batista. Um, how did this? How did this go for you? It was really good that I don't remember it. It was so good I, you don't remember it. I could remind you, it. but yeah, I, I'm not going to. Um, Basically, it just turned into a no holds barred match. That's, that's what happened. Always being spoken down to and all that. I'm not really too bothered about Paul versus Dave, as of you. It's not grabbing yeah, me. Yeah, Paul versus Dave is not grabbing you at all. Um, no. It's the kind of match that would have been great 10 years ago. But don't forget about that 100 bucks that he owed Triple H. He owes 100 bucks? Yeah, he wants, he wants some kind of bet and Triple H didn't pay him his 100 bucks. Maybe this is why he's like gone crazy and just wants his 100 bucks back. That could be it. Yeah. That could indeed be it. Could indeed be it. <laughs> maybe that's maybe this is all about a hundred dollars. Yeah, give me maybe, what I want. Maybe he didn't get. You know what I want. Maybe give me what get, I want. You know what I want. He wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't be after that hundred dollars if he was getting some of that sweet, sweet group money. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> Vin Diesel's probably just sat there burning, burning hundred dollar notes, <laughs> kicking back on a Monday night watching this, just like. Hmm. I'm Groot, so I don't care. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm <angry. laughs> Um, Interesting side fact about Vin Diesel. Did you know that he, he recorded, um, he recorded, he was the voice of Groot across nine different languages, um, which meant really? that he had to learn. Yeah, he he had to learn how to say, I am Groot, and deliver all of those lines in in nine different languages. Well, he knew um, throughout how to the make that money out of that. <laughs> That film, didn't he? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he'll be the only one who's the um, full international royalty international royalty yeah. checks. Yeah. So, just a bit of interesting kind of side trivia there. Um, oh. Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. Um, so, yes. Thoughts on this one? Um, any? I watched it a while ago, but <laughs> no, no, it was a solid match. Um, they seem to have quite good chemistry, from what I remember. Um, there was like the way it ended, I believe, from what I remember, yeah. was they did the suplex into the Falcon Arrow. Um, Brock Lesnar popped up, holding the title, and then Rollins turned around to a Claymore kick for, for the pin, which then puts him in a position to be either interjected into the match at WrestleMania as a triple threat or be the first contender after Seth Rollins eventually or conquers the beast or slays the beast, or we want to go with, we'll go with slay the beast. 
So Forbes on this one say that they have a fleeting feeling Vince McMahon will kick off WrestleMania 35 by announcing that moving forward, every wrestler will be going by their real name. Um, what? <laughs> Drew McIntyre was <laughs> Drew McIntyre was given a microphone on two different occasions, and he hit two home runs with multiple um, with multiple kind of um, fan reactions. Um, it's one of those rare matches where fans counted along with the referee instead of saying 10. So it looks like releasing Ty Dillinger is beginning to pay off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rollins wrestled the last few. Be- <laughs> Sorry, say again. I still shout 10 in November. You will still. Yep, well, 10. yeah. By myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just by yourself. Just by myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that'll be when the WWE WWE Live comes to um, Nottingham once again in November I'm sure um, can't wait to see um, the appalling matches that they put on um, because it's just, bear on just a sea town bear and bear, bear, and on, bear tour. on tour we're yeah. going we're gonna to be going and getting drunk um, and possibly, possibly enjoying every second of it um, so it should be quite good um so yeah, the top challenger for WWE's top title is being used to build Drew McIntyre as a credible heel. Um, seems a bit strange going into WrestleMania for that to be the choice. Um, as Drew McIntyre defeated Seth Rollins, um, the time constraints seem to do some good things um, in regards to this match towards the closing moments as it caused Seth Rollins to basically move on fast forward and it led to some fairly hard hitting action coming out of Monday Night Raw. Would you say that that's a fair that that's a fair summary there? I can agree with it. Um but I mean there's no mention of interjecting himself into WrestleMania match, which I do think is a possibility after that win, as he's the number one contender, or being the first challenger after Seth wins. Even though you don't think that's going to happen, do you? Well, kind of cross. Well, I'm kind of imagining that WWE right now are wishing that he had the money in the bank briefcase, um, <laughs> because that would be perfect for a time like this, I think. Um, but there you go, just a just a thought. Um, and that closed out Raw. What do, what would you say? Melts the scale altogether on Monday Night Raw. Melts the scale on Raw. Um, yeah. it's getting stronger. I mean, it's definitely you can, you can definitely sit through it and not think, "Oh, why am I still watching this anymore?" So, yeah. Um, so on the Dave Meltzer scale, um, out of ten, I will give it a eighteen for a raw. Excellent, eighteen. That's a mm. middling score on it the is. Dave Meltzer scale. Mm. Um, so, especially for, in fact, it's quite a high score for something that didn't take place in the Tokyo Dome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So maybe it should have. <laughs> coming out of um coming out of Raw, this was um this was March nineteenth, one day after Monday Night Raw. Um Eric Olo- uh, <clears throat> Eric Olanowski um posted a tweet that pictured a high school wrestling coach pick up what looked to be an eleven year old, maybe a twelve year old, um, by the neck and throwing him across the wrestling ring area, uh, well, the the wrestling mats, as it were. Um, And it turned out that it was actually um, 
Eric Angle, Kurt Angle's brother. Um, the brother of WWE legend Kurt Angle was arrested Saturday after picking up a youth wrestler by the neck and tossing him to the mat like a rag doll. A disturbing video that has emerged today shows this was written on march 19th a six second clip posted on facebook purportedly shows eric angle picking up a 12 year old boy during saturday's pennsylvania junior wrestling championship held at the peterson event center in pittsburgh it's unclear what preceded the action but angle 51 can be seen shouting in the youngster's face as he returns to his feet um no one should ever take their kids um, no one should ever take their kids Angle Elite Wrestling, a caption accompanying the video read, referencing Angle's gym in Pittsburgh. Angle, who lives in nearby Wexford, did not return a message seeking comment Tuesday. He was arrested by University of Pittsburgh police um, on a charge of simple assault after the incident. University spokesman Joe Mischk confirmed to the post. Angle was escorted off the property that day by university police and told not to relearn. Mish said that he did not have any additional information regarding Angle's arrest, including an incident report detailing the allegations. Angle, a former wrestler himself who, who last appeared in the WWE in 2003, said he's distraught about his actions, which took place after the unidentified wrestler lost his match. Witnesses told WTAE. Um, that's a Fox affiliate. Uh, um, thoughts? Any thoughts at all? Um, it's one of those things, I think, um, that are just a bit of an embarrassment. Overall. Doing that to to, to a minor, he shouldn't be <laughs> by the neck and throwing him on the floor because they've do, lost. Do you think things? <laughs> do you think things like this? I mean, obviously, it's not going to hurt WWE in any way, shape, or form at this stage. He has only a, ter a, a kind of tertiary um, kind of involvement um, with the brand or the product in any way, shape, or form. Now, um, obviously, um, just simply by virtue that his brother is is in wrestlemania um so i can't see this being kind of a long-term a long-term damage for the actual brand itself but do you think it damages um the angle name as a whole um and you know where where now for eric angle i suppose is the next question <laughs> well i assume we'll probably go back to prison i think he's been in prison before WWE SmackDown um, is coming out of the March the 12th episode, which was um, 2 million um, point 2.198 million viewers. That is up. Um, that is up by around 50,000 um, views. The March 5th episode doing 2 million point 155. Um, the key competi competition for SmackDown at the moment is Tucker Carlson tonight. Um, I don't know what a Tucker Carlson is, but apparently um, it's a name I've heard before. Um, the YouTube viewership for SmackDown Live, um, this is the um, replays of the stuff from March 12th, um, was 5,728,817. Um, that is up um, by about half a million from the previous week. Um, the most viewed segment from the March 12th episode going into this um, March 19th episode, uh, Mr. McMahon gives Kofi Kingston an opportunity to prove him wrong. Um, that was 
was 1,393,831 views. Um, the least viewed was our Sasha Banks and Bailey avoiding the Iconics. That was 191,609 views. Um, medium viewership, 44, um, sorry, 448. 1391 this was obesity it was the bankers life field house um that is um i'm not quite sure what city that is in it is tell a lie it is an indoor arena located in downtown indianapolis so it is it is definitely a big city and therefore you'd expect around 6496 people to attend that's 61 dollars is the average ticket price there um obviously it's um it's not quite chicago it's in illinois which has um a lot of connections across the river to detroit um and michigan as a whole so there's a bit of an economic downturn there so that's that's probably going to be reflected in the ticket price i would imagine um smackdown live estimated live gate coming out of this episode would have been three hundred and ninety six thousand two hundred and fifty six dollars um so far since we started looking at the at the gates of the the estimated gates of these um events that is the lowest draw so far um but again um you can't you got to play to your audience haven't you um so the opening segment featured the miz i believe um this is to further the feud that is ongoing between the miz and um shame man the inter most interesting part of this feud so far for me at least is the fact that the miz is the baby face and shame man is the heel um however that's only enough to make me point it out during this podcast and then stop caring the moment i've said it jay what are your thoughts on the miz and Shane McMahon and their current feud. What I think about this is Miss starts the show and talks about a match no one cares about. <laughs> this is basically this promo was basically to start making people care about this match because mm. I don't care about it. You don't care about it. I don't think a lot of people care about this match. Um, um, and he's, he brought um, Vince Man into the storyline. I mean, by doing that, potentially, just throwing it out there. Father son versus father son. Ooh. I don't think it would happen. It would be terrible. But the way he was talking, it could end up being father and son versus shall father we, and son. Um, shall we dip into the Miz and see what he had to say? Yeah, let's dip into the Miz. For 10 plus years, I've been laser focused on one road, and that is the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> one day you'll get there. Are we allowed to play these? But at what cost? Throughout my career, I've taken advantage of people, taken shortcuts, taken undeserving opportunities. Besides my wife and daughter, I have sacrificed every single relationship I've had in this business. That's what this means to me. The crowd used to get behind him. You know, it was all to prove to one man. I just wanted him to be proud of me. My dad. Shane McMahon. And as cheesy as people may say that it is, when my dad stood in this ring, it was the first time that I have ever heard him say that I love you and that I am proud of you. And it was something memorable for me. It was one of the greatest things that's ever happened in my life. 
His stone-faced dad said, I love you. <laughs> yeah, his dad seems like a real hard-ass. Yeah, yeah. When I had the idea of convincing Shane McMahon to be a tag team partner with me, people actually told me, watch yourself. Watch yourself, Miz. They warned me. Watch yourself. Me, the Miz, warned me about Shane, saying that behind the scenes, he's a little different. I didn't believe him. But I was wrong. At Fastlane, Shane McMahon attacked me from behind in front of my 68-year-old father. Got to mention so the age is... there. Got to mention yeah. the age, obviously. Exactly. So while while he's saying this, um, I will mention that the Miz is stood in what looks to be a tailor-made suit. Um. And he's he's getting a little frog in his throat. I'm I'm currently maybe not having the most sympathy in the world. He's he's clearly taking enough time. He's obviously he's obviously pretending to be distraught. He's taking enough time to turn the WWE symbol upside down on his mic and also put his hair into an incredibly unnatural lift um, before he's walked <laughs> out um, from gorilla position. So. Um, doesn't quite look like he's necessarily as destroyed as he could be. Let's just let's just put My it that way. Thought in the eyes, Rich. Thought in the eyes. What, what <laughs> kind of human being would do that? And then he proceeded to put his hands on my father. He did his, do his that. Little, little lips are quivering. Um, <laughs> he's staring, he's staring, staring, staring directly into hard cam now. For the rest of my life, watching him put his hands on my dad's face shoving him down as my dad was yelling for someone to help his only son well, who he doesn't love who he doesn't love apparently he's never said <laughs> i love you too until until he was a tag team with shame at man not when he got the wwe championship or anything else in his life before that you weren't born best in the world you're a mcmahon you were born the worst You think you're something special, Vince and Shane, because Line. you know you're a billionaire and you can do whatever the hell you want. Well, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so moving on. <laughs> and then he said, "I've I've written my respects, and everyone chants you deserve it as well." Um, Does he? Yeah. yeah. Because I was going to get behind it, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think Smash is going to be anything good. I was born in Cleveland, destined to flip burgers at my dad's Mr. Hero for the rest of my life. People told me that I was average, that I would never amount to anything. So, yeah, I mean, an average promo that will never amount to anything. Right then. Um, Iconics <laughs> defeat <laughs> Bailey and Sasha Banks in a um, two on two tag team match. Which puts um, them in next. line for a title match. Excellent. Any thoughts? Uh, my thoughts on this match, Peyton, Peyton Royce is ready to set up the game. She is selling. Like when she's being attacked, she she is selling it. She's selling it to a point where you believe what's happening in the ring. She has really stepped up her game. She, she will be the breakout star of the Iconics, I think. Okay. Um, I do remember everything um, thinking... means something when she's doing it. It's like some, mm. some flip, some kind of switch is flipped. 
And one of those no really, movement really, is no movement is wasted, wasted kind of kind of person. Kind of wrestler, yeah. And she's she's really really doing well with that. Mm. I mean, I certainly um, I certainly enjoyed when I last watched her. Um, certainly more than I. Certainly more than who's it? What's her partner's name? Billy Kay. Yeah, I, I mean Billy Kay is pretty much a big second. One pound. Me, but yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> we're now on nine pounds that I owe you because I can't remember any female wrestlers' names. Um, yeah, cool. No, I'm really impressed with that. Um, I'm actually quite looking forward to the four corners. I can see what they do with it. Hopefully, it's not a shit show. Um, but they've, they've definitely got talent in that ring to make that batch really good. Did you reckon the? Um, are you still on for the for the four contenders that you've initially believed? Yeah, so I'm going with obviously Boston Hug, Women of Samoa, mm -hmm. Divas of Doom, Iconics. Yeah. So I've changed it from the Pirates now. Okay. Um... Yeah, I think there's enough there's enough kind of NXT call ups um involved in tag team divisions that I think adding adding what is technically another NXT call up couple or what is definitely another NXT call up couple in the in the um in the form of the Sky Pirates um would probably be a mistake um and would just confuse the um confuse the overall product as a whole and i expect that the sky pirates will probably get an appearance at takeover anyway so um i think that that will be that would be a um poor move to include them when there's so many female tag teams that need definite exposure on the um on the on the main brand in order to make that title um the tag title scene for the females well, look a well, bit more legitimate exactly so the bottom of the connection have to go over so, um, Kevin Owens show, um, featuring <laughs> Becky Lynch and You mean Charlotte. the Triple Threat recap show? <laughs> yes, um, yes, I certainly do. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the, the Raw the... Women's title recap special, End in a Brawl. Did you see it coming? And... Yeah. I I yeah yeah I may have I may have seen that coming um kind of a while ago actually it's yeah I mean it's obvious that all they've got to do is put these two women in the ring um in the area and kind of you know the vague direction of a yeah. camera and, and just this, kind of let them this do goes whatever back to what we're saying saying in the last episode where do they go from here with this they're moving Ronda Rousey forward with her heel character which is great but. The other two are stagnant. They're doing nothing. They're just I think, um, recapping the story and fighting each other, and that's it. Separating the show, um, like separating them across shows, is obviously dragging out a bit more time for it. Um, the ideal situation to be in at this stage um, would be for them to. They've they've done they've done the recap they've done another recap effectively, um with with a kind of more solid brawl segment um this week by the looks of it I mean you're looking at a good you're looking at a good two minutes of um hot steamy girl on girl action um happening this week um and the crowd somewhat being lukewarm to it I would think that the next step would be to um have them have a third brawl next week but um, just as Becky starts to get on top, hitting Ronda Rousey's music, 
and having her come down to the ring and leave both of them in a pile of blood and tears. Well, at least Beck is cashing all those checks of being the number one set of merchandise. Yeah. In the whole company. I'm just gonna just gonna get some fan reactions here. Charlotte Flair spears Becky Lynch over the desk, punching her in the back. Um, the desk is still obviously in the ring. The fans seem somewhat lukewarm to it, but it is starting to resemble an ECW catfight at this stage. Um, they're not given enough space to actually use their talents. Um, here because of the giant desk in the middle of the ring. Um, they've rolled to the outside, which is probably the better move that they could have done. Um, Becky Lynch comes back from being rammed into the, rammed into the um, barricade area just to be pushed back into it. This looks sloppy. Um, they're not in their wrestling gear. Um, there's... They're trying to give the image of a pull apart. Um, they've got the, they've got those um, independent wrestlers, um, kind of pulling them apart at this stage. Yeah, this didn't go down as well as the Ronda Rousey segment um, at all. I think um, one of the bigger problems is that the two of them were. The two of them were kind of falling back on their wrestling background a bit too much. Um, and there was no... I didn't see the Charlotte Flair who beat the crap out of Ronda Rousey with a kendo stick. I haven't seen the Becky Lynch who has been um, having to be torn off people. Um, part of that is because they didn't have the whole ring to move around in. That that desk format is possibly not the best thing, especially when you've got three giant leather office chairs plus two um what what are essentially meeting room boards um with the kevin owens labels on it for them to have to stumble over for the first two or three minutes then the referees kind of end up in that situation where they're doing that thing um where they're where they're trying to make it look like these two are out of control but they're just slightly controlled enough that the referees are having to blatantly hold themselves back i don't think that was that was anywhere near as good a segment as ronda's no, it's just making them all look stagnant, stale, um, inferior um, at the moment. Um, we, like you said, we haven't seen um, that Charlotte Flair we saw in Royal Rumble. That's the Charlotte Flair I want to see. Yeah. That's... Because she was crazed, manic, mm. serious, and aggressive. This is where... This is where a couple of there are a couple of disadvantages to this segment and its placement. First off, um, obviously there's the set which I've already mentioned. The set um, kind of stood in the way of these two actually having any kind of high impact moves on each other because they were too busy falling over it to actually actually hit each other. But further than that, this happened after the Ronda Rousey segment, um, which looked legit as fuck. It did. Um, and this is coming on the back of Ronda Rousey's major criticism of these two wrestlers being that they're a bit fake, and it all looked a bit fake. Yep, yeah. Um, so as a result... Ronda Rousey is now right in what she's saying. 
basically. Ronda Rousey is not only right, um, and that's this is always the risk that WWE plays when they when they start when they start blurring the lines and breaking the fourth wall. But mm -hmm. it also means that Ronda Rousey, the heel in this situation, has now become the must-watch factor in this in this three-way match. You are completely right about that. At the moment, she does like she should be the one to watch. Obviously, she's bringing up. Um, casual fans, MMA fans to this. She uh, is the one to watch. She is the one to watch. I I had I much more enjoyed her segment than I than I did theirs. No, it was it was a fantastic segment. Um they're obviously putting all their effort into making Ronda Rousey a monster heel now. And kind of forgetting about the other two. But the only one that's really getting forgotten is Charlotte even more. As I said before, um Becky Lynch is the number one selling merchandise seller in WWE right now, and she has been for months. So you could say that she is the top competitor going into this, but they're still trying to make Ronda Rousey look like she is the top competitor, as obviously she's Ronda Rousey, and she's come from outside the company. She's a prize fighter like Brock Lesnar. Well, financially, she's worth... Um, she's worth as much as all four of the four horsewomen. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. revealed um in our in our salary yeah. recap on YouTube. <laughs> so there you go. Um funny thing I saw on Twitter, actually, Becky Lynch. Um there was a caption of uh, Ronda Rose's face and it says, I'm not being told what to say and underneath was Paul Heyman saying, I'm not being told what to say, basically saying that Paul Heyman is telling exactly what to say in this situation yeah, which I, is, is probably uh, happening yeah I mean knowing knowing Paul Heyman um, that's breaking kayfabe on kayfabe <laughs> yeah it's kind of like kayfabe section right here yeah, right yeah, now yeah, yeah, it? section, like, yeah, section yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is um, it's very close to Inception because every single time they go into another layer of kayfabe I can feel time slowing down that was um that was a movie joke. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> one thing that I know will not disappoint, um, even though I haven't seen it yet, um, is of course the next segment, um, which I'm gonna I'm gonna lead us in with the actual with the actual sound now. In justice. He's so good at what in he does. Justice. Kofi Kingston. Being in this gauntlet match is an injustice. Kofi Kingston was chosen to replace Mustafa Ali in the gauntlet match before the Elimination Chamber. Which I've mentioned in the podcast before. He was picked out of the tag team division and just given an opportunity that he had never earned. Didn't quite fit like that. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely fantastic open, though. Oh, yeah. Um, this this I mean, guy Daniel, knows how to work the crowd. Yeah. And knows what he's doing. One of the reasons why Chris Jericho was always such a great heel um, is the same reason why Daniel Bryan is such a great character as a whole. And that is simply that the, the internal logic for every decision he made, even though it doesn't necessarily make sense from a viewer's perspective it does make sense from the character perspective and in this situation 
Daniel Bryan is Daniel Bryan is the guy who has lived long enough to see him become himself become the bad guy. That's what Daniel Bryan is playing. That is the character he is. He is Anakin Skywalker in full on Darth Vader Darth Vader makeup, and starting off his promos with a simple a simple assumption, a simple statement, a simple thesis, injustice. And then within 43 seconds of watching this segment, you know exactly what the storyline is up until this point. And he doesn't waste a single breath in telling you. It's a quality that he has. It's a quality that CM Punk had. It's a quality that Chris Jericho and probably two other people in the entire industry have ever had. Um, I would say Ric Flair and The Rock. Um, I certainly would not put someone like Triple H in that category because he used to run around the houses for 15 minutes before he got to his eventual point. Um, I can't think of anybody else. Can you think of anybody else who can do that um, as well as, as as those five wrestlers that I've just said? Samoa Joe is definitely one of them. If you give him the mic, he he knows how to work a crowd. He knows how to promote something. Um, yeah, so but I will can he do it? In, can he do it in forty-three seconds like that? <laughs> Samojo can do it in thirty seconds. <laughs> to be fair, this Daniel Bryan segment does go on for one minute and thirty-two. Um, I'm going to um, continue it on um, and just see what he does with the see what he manages to do with the next yeah, forty-three yeah, seconds. Yeah. Now, in that gauntlet match and in the elimination chamber match. Kofi Kingston fought valiantly. He fought his heart out. But guess what? Both times, Kofi Kingston lost. Kofi Kingston has earned nothing. Because Kofi Kingston, unlike me, is nothing more than a B-plus player. Now that is how you tell a fucking story on the mic. And I would imagine that there was very, very little <laughs> input from the creative into how that was into how that was portrayed. Um, does that feel like a creative um, promo to you or does that feel like Daniel Bryan just doing what Daniel Bryan does best? That is creative promo because obviously he was called to be plus player and I was saying it about somebody else. So it's quite interesting oh, yeah. how that's come around. Oh yeah, I love I love that idea of it coming around. It's, it tells a long form story over the course of five years, effectively, um, yeah. and it does it very very well. The moment he got an opportunity after his after his two years out, the moment he got an in, um, an opportunity, he went to the lowest common denominator because he felt it was his right to have that title, um, and he be damned what the fans thought about that and it was an absolutely fantastic piece of work um, and that promo is probably one of my favorite I, I will tell a lie I've, I will tell a lie I've already seen that promo um, before I watched this show uh, before I did this podcast and I was very much looking forward to seeing it again because it, he is just a genius and that was me coming out as a Daniel Bryan mark ladies and gentlemen Complete and utter mark for him. Complete um, and utter mark. <laughs> the title of his promos, was his in ring yeah. work. 
exactly. exactly. <laughs> You'll notice that he didn't have to fall back on the vegan element for that promo because he doesn't need to. Um, the story he really need that he is referenced. It, it was, yeah. it was, it's good to like go into using the vegan thing as you become a heel. It's quite creative. People tend not to like vegans for some reason. But, um, Jay's a vegan, everybody. Yeah, so he did that well, but now he's moving away from that. His character is evolving uh, um, into a top-tier heel. Um, his promo that he cuts every single week. He doesn't even have to cut a promo. He can, he can just sit there, make facial... Not even making facial motions. He doesn't need to sit there and say nothing, and his presence alone gives him heat. It's well, yes. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, how how you do that? It's interesting and it's clever. Um, and to be honest, he's probably the best heel in the business at the moment. Um, because Tommaso Ciampa is out an injury. Yeah, basically. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that later, obviously. Um, but honestly speaking, um, this is the different between the difference between um, PG era booking and present day booking. If it's done right, um, what you used to get a lot of in the PG era, um, and before that, in what was known as the um, early '90s cartoon era, was characters having a single character trait, usually an occupation, or some, or in the PG era, just some kind of individualized, marketable character trait as their hook. Um, Daniel Bryan started at that point with vegan angle, and then it expanded into a full-on shift of dynamic character, um, which you're entirely right. That is exactly what's happened. Um, and it's, it shows this depth of character um, that you don't necessarily get. This character's going to be around for a while. This character can go for a good five years, yeah. evolving. Yeah. Had this have been had this have been twenty five years ago, he would have been known as Victor the Vegan. He'd already be having um... Victor the Vegan, the carrot the carrot destroyer. Yeah, <laughs> he would have already been having loser eats a pound of lettuce matches against Jerry the King Lawler. Um... <laughs> Up next, um, Kofi Kingston. Um, goes into a gauntlet match. Um, he will be facing Sheamus, Cesaro, Eric Rowan, um, Samoa Joe, Joe, and Randy Orton. Um, those are the build opponents for this match. Thoughts on it? Um, first off, Kofi Kingston goes against Sheamus. Um, how did this How did this go down? I mean, it's, it's, it's a case of, it's a suspension match. It's not really a match to like. While people, I didn't think it was the best match I saw on SmackDown. Mm. Someone has to fair, draw that. But... Someone has to draw that spot um, where yeah. they are, where he's definitely not going to lose against them, and the bar are fairly good at the. Yeah, they're definitely not going to lose this thing and still retaining their um, still retaining their in-ring personas, um, as they have been doing that on the tag team scene for over a year now uh, so it makes sense that they will be the first two for him to face uh, so yeah I mean he was he was facing a lot of crap wasn't he really I mean that's his on the outside on the first one he gets beat down throughout the whole gauntlet but I mean the way they finished with the first one it was Seamus um, went for a broke kick uh, mm -hmm. Kofi 
Uh, down Jeffrey blocks, rolls him up for a two count, yeah. and then hits him with a chubbin in paradise. Seamus is eliminated. Cesaro's next. Cesaro, mm -hmm. obviously, um, ends up um, throwing him to the outside, I believe you said, didn't he? Um, and yeah, then... yeah. Yeah, kind of gave him a good old beat down. Um, Kofi Kingston did that thing he does where he looks really, really good when people are kicking his face in. Um, and like it I really believe, hurt. <laughs> yeah, um, I believe good it was a cheap, good selling. Fairly cheap, um, fairly cheap schoolboy roll up. Um, is that about right? Um, I mean, that, for this one, one, it was the SOS. Oh, was it the SOS? Was it? Yeah, yeah. this one was SOS. Yeah. Old school so, Kofi. Yeah, so. So basically, he's still fresh. He's still in the game. So he's hit the trouble in paradise. He's, he's doing SOS for a finish. Star is eliminated. And then we get Rowan. Oh, okay. Um, this is the bit where they obviously, if they are going to swerve the audience in any way, shape, or form, they have to swerve them. Um, yeah. yeah. That kind of happened in this, in this situation, did it not? Yeah, so basically Rowan was there just to beat the crap out of him and that's what he did I mean he's threw him against the barrier hits him with the steward chair gets disqualified so he's out but then he does the iron claw slam onto the table puts him through that so that sets him up for Samoa Joe mm -hmm. um, so there's a funny note here in regards to um, there's a funny note here in regards to the WWE um, the independent security guards have got more screen time um, on this episode of SmackDown than Batista has in the last two weeks combined. <laughs> as have the locker room. Um, Nikki Cross was seen cheering on Kofi Kingston as well, um, but we're pretty sure she thought she was watching well. New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Even the Usos were there as well. Watching the match. Um, bit of a um, bit of fallout for Corey Graves on this one as well. Um, sorry, Baron Saxton, um, or at least it oh, would yeah. have, sorry, I, yeah. I, I would have thought it would have been um, Corey Graves because it sounds more like something he did say. But the, obviously, the only person who could actually say it was Byron Saxton. Yeah, no. yeah um, it was who, quite quite cool. This brings has me back to, to what I said before in the previous podcast. Mm. He has to work twice as hard to get half as far. Um, which is, of course... And the rest of the quote is in a white America's world or something like that. Yeah, I mean... That's it's, the rest it's, of the quote. It's, so a, say that it's part. an interesting... It's an interesting statement to make. Um, I mean, it's certainly something I've heard. I've heard Zig Ziglar say it before. Um, I've heard... I've heard um, various other... Um, various other people of African-American descent... Um, kind of, kind of make similar kind of quotes, if not that exact quote, and it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a famous kind of truism um, within American society for um, a certain subset of people. Um, so it was an interesting kind of insider nod um, there um, to people who will be in pure agreement with that situation. It looks like you were, you did call that that is where this story is going. Yeah. The yeah. fact that WWE are managing to do it so subtly in this situation without necessarily demoning, demonizing someone is, um, or demonizing the company itself as being a racist organization mm -hmm. yep. is, um, probably a bit of a, is probably a bit of a good point 
um, for them, a point towards them, because it's not something that two, three years ago, I would have said that they could, have, and certainly not ten years they ago, I would have said that they'd been, they wouldn't have been capable of tackling it in a subtler way as they're managing in this instance, because no mm. one is directly saying it. Um, however, obviously we're all thinking it, and it's and it's yeah, yeah. and it's it's probably why it sits so uncomfortably um, at times when when you are watching it, of course. Um, very, very interesting dynamic. I quite like it. I mean, obviously, again, Fox is going for a more edgier product. This is providing something that's happening in America every single day. So the way they're hacking it is, is the way they're doing it is, is very subtle, but they are approaching. It's certainly proving that they're capable. They're capable of broaching the subject without necessarily having the level of subtlety that they um, have somewhat skewed in the past. Um, I mean, we are a world away from choppy, choppy, Mister PP, um, or similar storylines from the Attitude Era. <laughs> and um, I mean, this is this is this is one hell of a ride for us to be taken on and I, it makes me feel very empathetic um, and it's it's very well put together. Um, yeah, I'd like to come back to that point a bit later on, but um, keeping us moving forward, um, his next next opponent is Samoa Joe. It is. It is. That is Samoa Joe. So clearly Joe comes in, obviously, beating the crap out of him. He's just been beaten down by Rowan. But obviously, Kirby Kingston comes back with a little bit of offense. Um, and then we have Joe coming back. Um, I believe he went for a Kokina Coquina, I can't say it now. Kokina Coach. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Losingo Grenoble's de Japan. Yes. I like Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so he went for a, so he went for a triple K, the Coquina clutch. Yes, the cover starts fading. Officials. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not even going to acknowledge that one. Fair play. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, so it covers um, Samoa Joe goes for a muscle buster which you don't see anymore. So obviously it's not going to hit. He then comes out of the muscle buster, rolls Joe up, one, two, three, surprise win. Suspense keeps going. Is he going to, is he going to win? Is he going to um, get to the just end? Just as a side point, if this match, um, if this match is kind of a, a testing bed for WWE to work out who their most effective heel is on the SmackDown brand at the moment. Um, at least with the five build superstars, would you say that? Would you say that Samojo is the guy who's won that in this instance? Oh, definitely. Yeah, probably I mean, the most Samoa Joe, there. After he lost, the look of disbelief that turned into rage on his face—you could tell it was from disbelief into rage before he applied the choke again. Um, over the ropes, so he couldn't couldn't get out of it. He was just being choked out. Hmm. Um, that's a good facial expression. That's a good facial expression. Definitely seeing 
more of that um, Kofi, uh, not Kofi Kingston, sorry, um, more of that Samoa Joe that we saw um, at Fastlane, the um, predator, the the predatory Samoa Joe, the bird of prey Samoa Joe, who waits for his moment to to strike and then just goes for it and locks it in. Um, in this case, not quite in control of his rage, but certainly certainly one of the more impactful images of the match, I feel. Um, speaking of impactful images of the night, oh, stupid, 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 Kofi. Stupid, mate. Going what? up against Randy Orton. What are you doing, mate? Ooh. Stupid. <laughs> what are you doing up against Randy Orton for? You know, yeah. he comes up for two seconds and wins everything. But not in this case. <laughs> no, of course. Um, Orton, obviously, I'm, I'm referencing there um, Orton's initial kill of Kofi Kingston's push in 2009. Um, and I am not the only person who did because Orton at one point did indeed shout stupid as if he was both still bitter about that moment in 2009, but also legitimately doesn't know why he's there fighting Kofi Kingston. Uh, and it, it comes across quite nicely um, <laughs> as part of his persona. Um, did you get that? Did you feel that when you watched this? <laughs> I didn't get that. No, but... Did you not That's notice fine. that? No, 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 I didn't. No. Oh, fair play. Um, please, please go on. Let's, let, uh, what, what did stand out for you? Just a fairly normal Randy Orton thing, wasn't it, really? Alright, so Randy Orton... He was in there for about two minutes, wasn't he? Like, yeah, yeah, because... Right, got kicked he... and yeah, went for yeah. a couple of RKOs, you know. To win Paradise was... was hit. But, um, you know... Do you know the... Do you know the... Orton. Do you know the selection of music that they've got for him? Um, do you reckon that they've gone for um, the whole I hear voices about... Do you reckon they've gone for just a guy loudly yelling so it would cover up the sound of him standing in gorilla and punching his punch card into the clock machine? <laughs> <laughs> like, you couldn't get away with like you couldn't get away with a slow build music like with say Ric Flair or something with Randy Orton because you're just like, you know what I mean? Just as he just as he pulled his clock in and you know, I reckon he probably just do the memes for every single match now, just like sliver in RKO, do his pose, and then clocks out and goes home. Yep. Do you reckon every he's like? Match. Do you reckon he's like that that kid in the in the swimming pool who can't even be asked to like um who can't even be asked to wear normal underwear for that day? So there was always that kid who would who would brag about the fact that when it was swimming day at school, he'd he'd he would he would he didn't have any problem changing because he'd just he'd he'd already be in his swimming trunks, and therefore so so do you reckon that he just kind of wanders into an arena, um, bag on back, bag on back, doesn't even doesn't even go into the um, doesn't even go into the locker rooms or anything like Wearing that five minutes boots. before his join he's got one of those yeah, suits like... just rip off and then he just clocks in and then clocks out yeah 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 um, <laughs> throws it towards Cesaro to keep Cesaro's budget down because obviously he's on no way near as much money <laughs> you know I mean Randy Orton goes through five of those suits a week and it's still um, it's still five more than Cesaro can afford <laughs> <laughs> and then just kind of clocks back out. Uh, yeah, no, I reckon that's entirely it. 
maybe does a shit in a bag on the way out the door. <laughs> That's bonus pay. Well, of course, of course. Yeah. But I think he yeah. believes it's bonus pay. I think he believes he's giving them a bonus <laughs> when he does it, because obviously he's, he's he strikes me as well, he strikes me as the kind of guy whose shit doesn't stink. Um, so after this, um, obviously, Kofi Kingston is celebrating, and then after the roll of comes out. Oh yeah, yeah. Guess, yeah, guess it's WrestleMania show for WrestleMania 35, or does he? <laughs> no chance that's what you got <laughs> oh, oh would, would that be the time when I'll play that in the edit yeah <laughs> that's Vince McMahon's music right <laughs> yeah yeah I think so <laughs> cool <laughs> See now I don't have to edit it all out. I can just I can just play that straight. <laughs> Fantastic. So Vince McMahon Vince McMahon comes down the aisle and um obviously to his awesome music. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> informs Kofi that Kofi has one more opponent left. And that opponent is, of course, um, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, did he say like he got a tag team match at WrestleMania? Isn't that what he said before he introduced Daniel Bryan? Or am I just um, making that up? I'm not sure. I genuinely don't know. Might be making I genuinely don't know at this stage. Um, Vince McMahon could have said, and it could have said that the moon was the moon was fucking the Yellow. moon was fucking green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could have said that the moon was fucking green and that the the sea had turned pink and and still. Um, that's it's where Blindy didn't and just carry on regardless. As a result, um, so yeah. Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston Kofi had a little Kingston, match. Daniel Bryan. They did have a little match, yeah. yeah. Um, Daniel Bryan performed the guest movements. And yeah. got nose back from the crowd. Because he is now the top heel in the company. And yeah. Wait, wait he kicks, uh, they all shout no, but they all still go, oh, no. <laughs> Which obviously is a reference to Cassius Ono. Clearly. Who mm. is now in NXT UK. But more on that after our short break soon. Um, so, yeah. Any thoughts on this as, a, as an angle? How do you feel that this angle is playing out? Well, I mean, obviously, Daniel Bryan won with the running knee after a few close calls. They are, they are, they are really taking this to the wire, aren't they? They are. They are really um, taking this to the wire to the point where you think, think they may not even pull the trigger on it. I think that's the point, isn't it? I think the point is, is that they're trying to, 
because obviously the first thing people said when Vince McMahon declined to allow this um, fast lane match to happen was, well, obviously he's doing that for WrestleMania, um, you know, and that's that's the exact voice they used to say it. And now as a result, um, it's now got to the point where we're kind of... Sorry, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We've now got to the... Inside joke. <laughs> Scare electrics. Yeah, so, yeah, of course. Scare electrics. was on tour. Bit, yeah, yeah, it's a long story. It's a long story. We we went to a bar, and this bar has a Scale electrics um tournament room. thing in the back every like thursday right the, yeah 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 um and it's 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 literally like it's called the scaletrics room and it's just in the back of this bar and every now and then i go in um because it's it's a regular it's a regular near my workplace and there are just like 50 to 60 people all stood around a scaletrics track in 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 a shed by the back and you walk past on like a thursday morning and yeah you walk, past, you walk past on a Thursday morning and there are people there who are like, uh, who are the kind of people that you'd usually expect to see at a New Japan Pro Wrestling event that's being held by Rev Pro. Um, I mean, that's the kind of people that you see there and they're all kind of stood there like, oh, well, he's got a, he's got an XY, but it's just a normal pub, you know? So, yeah, it's actually not that good a story. Glad you referenced it, Jay. Yeah, me too. Cool. <laughs> Maybe I should have been drunk when I told it again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, 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 it's striking me that they are trying to get this story to go far enough that even the smarks try and well start assuming that it's not going to happen. Exactly. But. Again, I'll, I'll just go and say, they'll be stupid not to pull the trigger. They're going to pull the trigger. Yeah. One of the um, one of the things coming out of this, um, obviously, username Florida Man, um, WWE The Big E. Um, this is Big E. I suppose we can, we can use this without using the post SmackDown video um, from the locker room. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we, we can go straight into this. It's fine. Well, do we need to see the post one? No, no, that's what I'm saying. We don't really need to see it because he pretty much explains everything. Yeah, within, yeah, cool. Within that video. Well, yeah, Biggie, Biggie um, made made waves um, with um, what one thousand um, one thousand four hundred, well, one point four k comments um, and twenty three thousand twenty three thousand love hearts with half a million views on twitter which is which is fairly big for even a wwe superstar with um, uh we've had some time to this contemplate piece. what happened tuesday night and uh, obviously kobe's performance and uh the aftermath and our reaction to to all of that and uh, a little bit of time to reflect too on i guess kind of our our careers and why we we do this um you know you, you think of this business to some degree being a meritocracy, that if you work hard, uh, you show up early, you stay late, you do all the right things, you jump through all the right hoops, uh, you're respectful, you don't break the law, um, that, that you, you, you get good at your craft, that you really hone that, that you find a place with fans, uh, you separate yourself, you find a niche, you separate. 
Nice shoot there on um, on the Usos. Uh, yourself, uh, from a character perspective, <laughs> from an in-ring perspective, you do everything. You check all the boxes. Uh, you show up in shape. You you do everything that's asked of you in this business. That that if you do all those things, you have a good chance of making it to the top. But now we 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 understand the game. We see what the game is. That people people like us will only get so far that you can climb the mountain. They'll let you climb the mountain. But as far as getting to the peak and, and staying at the peaker, it's, it's, it's not a thing that, that people like us historically and moving forward clearly can only get so far. So, you know, we, um, we've done a lot of cool things here. We've uh, been able to, to do a lot of things that we never could have imagined we could do, but uh, clearly, we are never meant to be more than this. And for people like us, that's not enough. And it will never be enough. So, uh, you know, we got to sit back and think whether, you know, continuing to be to be gone for 250 days plus a year is worth it, of, of missing the family time, of uh, doing this to our bodies, you know, leaving a piece of yourself in the ring uh, that you can never get back all the things that we give if it's worth it when we can only get this far. So we got a lot of thinking to do. Uh, you know, obviously proud of Kofi, uh, proud of us as a trio, proud of what we've done. But uh, if this is all we ever will be, uh, I don't know if it's worth it. What are your thoughts? It's a heartfelt video. It's definitely a heartfelt also... video. But I mean, I even tweeted this out. Is it a shoot or is it a work shoot? Or is it just a mixture um, of just of everything? Right. My call is my call is that it is a um, it is a shoot a with a kinky kayfabe. Yeah, um, I mean, there's one big piece of kayfabe that's continuously being referenced here um, that I think many people may have forgotten. But the moment the moment I tell you what it is, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. To WrestleMania. This, this is not some nickel and dime fly-by-night gig, book. This is the real deal. This is WrestleMania. This is the biggest show on the earth. This is the big daddy of them all. And you're going to go, and you're going to be in the main event, and you are going to wrestle the greatest professional wrestler alive on this planet today. You are going to wrestle the game. You are going to step in the ring with the be-all, end-all of this business. And Book, when you get there, you're going to do what people like you always do. You're going to lose. Of course, that was um, the 3rd of March 2003 confrontation um, between Triple H and Booker T. Um, prior to WrestleMania where you, where 20. Where did you pull that from, Rich? Um, 
I pulled that from I pulled that from my past wrestling knowledge, Jay. That's that's why I have a podcast. <laughs> I searched it up on YouTube and found it um, in the time I was playing that other video. But yeah, no, that was that was the people like you comment from um, Triple H in 2003 to Booker T. Um, many of you will remember that story in that Triple H went to WrestleMania versus Booker T, and the story that was being told was that people like Booker T could never win the big gold belt. People like him would always lose. Um, it was borderline racist back then. It was known to be borderline racist. And the story that they told was that Booker T then got buried by Triple H's magical shovel. It was quite magical, that shovel. Um, but do you think that this could be an intentional referencing to this people like you like... Um, because, I mean, I know that it didn't necessarily, it maybe didn't hit us when we were kind of, you know, 17, 18 um, and watching wrestling at the time. Um, and we're both big Triple H marks. Um, but it certainly hits me today that this had a massive impact um, on the average African-American audience member oh, um, back in the day. Um, certainly judging by the reactions that Bruce Pritchard recently got when he re revisited that episode um, in WWE's history. Um, so do you think it could be an intentional referencing towards that? I, I don't think it is. Do you know what I think it is. I, obviously, they, they'll be following wrestling obviously because they're wrestlers and, and they obviously follow follow stories and whatever. But I don't know. I, I, it just seems too far far from when that happened for it to be a direct reference. I I think too I think it's between. one of those I think it's one of those situations where yeah, it's not necessarily a one hundred percent direct reference, but I think it's a promo that definitely will have will have been remembered um by someone like biggie um particularly because it was a promo that happened on his birthday um, okay <laughs> in 2003 um i would imagine that that would probably be something that will have stuck with him um and obviously I think I, it's it's one that certainly raised a lot of questions in the years since. It's one of WWE's most infamous, it was definitely one of Triple H's most infamous um, shoot style promos um, that he ever did, um, and possibly him at his biggest heel like moment um, as a member of Evolution. I think that this may have been a situation where that statement, people like you may have had more of an impact on one community of wrestling fans than it necessarily did on us. Just, just putting that out there. Yeah, I know you're right. Even if it was on his, on his birthday as well, um, it's probably going to have a bigger impact in him remembering uh, that as well. Because obviously, you remember things that happened yeah, on your birthday. I, 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 well, that and also the fact that <laughs> it was a white man holding a giant gold belt, standing in the ring, saying to the most prominent black wrestler at the time, "People like you lose." Um, and obviously that's what this storyline is, is exactly the same storyline playing out again. Um, and Booker T did lose. He did lose that run. And he did not... He did. He did he not did. come he back pedigree. in that form ever again. The next time he came oh, wow. back and got anywhere near that title, he affected it an English accent. <laughs> he was. He was. Possibly one of his better runs. Possibly one of his better runs. I don't, I, hate I don't feel that it was go. Yeah, I don't feel I it was X Pac heat. I feel it was legit heat. That was my thoughts. I thought King Vickers. 
Yeah, no. Legit, he, he he had his his little nights going off, Ian Regal and and Finlay, because they were the only two wrestlers that were clearly from UK Ireland area at the time. So, <laughs> and with him him putting on an English accent, it made sense for them to be the ones with him. But I I didn't enjoy it. I never liked it. I mean, yeah, he's doing his job, getting hated, but I don't really rate Booker T as a wrestler anyway. Yeah, his style of wrestling isn't. My, my kind of style. Well, I'll tell you, Jay, what is your kind of style is being a king for a week. And that's what we're going to be doing over WrestleMania weekend. Because what we're going to be doing is on the Thursday of that week, we are going to have a pre-show to tell you all what to expect. We are going to cover not just takeover not just wrestlemania but we're also going to cover the super show and we're going to do one big super pre-show on that thursday or possibly wednesday coming before that you can be kings with us as well because then on saturday we will also be doing our post takeover show that's going to be awesome. You're going to be hammered. I'm going to be drunk. Um, we're both going to be fairly mashed. And I am not allowed to edit. I am just going to go straight in there. It's going to be two to five hours of us just being sick in bins. And then <laughs> to follow it all off the following night, we are going to be watching the Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling Super Show at Madison Square Garden. Extravaganza. And we will be telling you all about it on Sunday as we get ready for WrestleMania, the big, the big WrestleMania show. Whatever, what I don't have a nickname. It's going to go on for 16 hours. It's going to have 17 matches. There's going to be at least three heart attacks from audience members who are too elderly to make it to the end of the show. It's going to be in a giant arena, the likes of which you've never seen, and they will have pyro. And then afterwards, a very, very smashed Rich and Jay will talk you through match by match everything that they remember and some of the things that they probably won't. <laughs> it's going to be great. We hope you can join us. Um, this uh, this advert is totally off the cuff, and I didn't realize how how completely repetitive Booker T's music was when he was King Booker. It literally just went round in a circle. Oh, it annoyed me so much. Did you know that, that um, WWE's official name for that, um, the actual title of that song, could you guess what it is? Here Comes the King. No, it was actually dead white guys. <laughs> that is true. That track is called Dead White Guys by Jim Johnston. Well, that's really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would annoy people like us. Right then. <laughs> <laughs> so, and also special mention, we'll we also be talking about the event that's happening with Impact and also be speaking about MLW on our podcast as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be, I, I just went all promo there. Yeah, so what we're planning for that week um, is to do a pre-show. We're also, then that's going to cover all three shows. In addition to that, we're also probably on the Friday going to watch um, the two hours of MLW and um I wonder if MLW is still only an hour, but it's the main event as well. It's just an hour, show it every single time. 
Okay, so it's um, a one-hour MLW show, of uh, the name of which we cannot remember, um, and Impact Wrestling as well. Um, I am completely new to both of these products. Don't know what happened there. I may have fired my headset halfway across the room into a glass of water. <laughs> but I may not have done. I'm, I'm at the stage of the podcast where I'm just pacing now. Uh, <laughs> How did you manage to throw off your headset? <laughs> um, I usually took it into my T-shirt, and in right. this situation, I haven't. Right, um, okay. And I was, I was gesticulating. I was gesticulating. With right. my with my right. white guy hands, right. um, <laughs> I am completely new to both of these products. So Jay is going to be taking point on this, um, and I am going to be I bet everyone's the. Looking forward to that. <laughs> everybody is definitely looking forward to that. He's going to get he's going to get the mic with the mic with the pop shield on it. Yeah, <laughs> not not this north in north fact, pole stuff going on. Yeah, no. In fact, I tell you what, Jay. I'm quite I looking forward to having the microphone you, again. I may even give you the right channel in the mix. Oh, thanks, yes, Rich. that's right. The fabled right host channel. While that sitting is, on some bourbon. Is, yeah. yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. I, I mean, I assume you're getting and a barrel port. in again. Yes. <laughs> a barrel, barrel of each. Yeah. The same barrel. Oh, the that same barrel. barrel. I might go to Whiskey yes. Exchange and, and see what they've got to offer, actually. Um, get, uh, what, the online store? No, the one in town. I'll go to the online store, it's cheaper. All right, cool, I'll do that then. And then also search the ones on the Whiskey Exchange and then search them on Amazon and you might find that they're cheaper there. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Just, um, yeah, if you, if you feel like, you know, forking out, forking out. It's going to be unedited. Yeah. <laughs> if you feel like forking out £109.90 for some George T. Stag, um, 2017 edition, definitely do definitely do feel free, Jay, because be okay. that just happens to be one of my favourite tipples. Really? Because it's one of the most... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's something I've definitely had before, um, and it's something I will definitely have again. Um, so if you just want to, you know, just just drop 190 90 warm Drop ones 100, on it. 90 on a bottle that we're drinking with the evening. Yeah. Well, what we what we are what what I am thinking of doing is advertising next year's WrestleMania event to everybody. Um, because the next year's WrestleMania event, we're going to be opening up donation lines, and then with all of the Patreon money that you give us over the next year, we will drink it all on WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Not a single beer will go undrank. And then we will videotape it all and put it on daily motion because YouTube won't allow us on there that drunk. That's that's not actually happening. Don't don't look for our Patreon. Of course, that theme means that it is time for us to discuss the goings-on in the rest of the wrestling world. That includes the NXT brands, both US and UK. It also includes some of the other stuff as well. 
So Jay, after that sudden stop to the NXT thing, <laughs> uh, have you found NXT over the last few weeks? We haven't had much of a chance to say much about them. Uh, the last few weeks, few weeks been really good with the um, tag team tournament, the Dusty Rose Classic happening. That's been really cool. Obviously, we've got the Forgotten mm -hmm. Sons versus Alistair Black and Ricochet coming up next week. Um, that's happening. Um, yep, I mean, this is... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been really good. Our wrestling, bell to bell. Promos have been solid. There's nothing which you can really fault on it, apart from this week's episode, I of think. Ah, fair play. You weren't a massive fan of this week's episode overall. Um, of really. course, yeah, WWE... Yeah, kind of, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say WWE are obviously trying to push NXT as a brand now. They've got two, they've got four call-ups. Um, sadly, one of them was injured in Tommaso Ciampa, but they've been obviously um, featured quite heavily on their mainline product programming. Um, in addition to that, um, their NXT section of um, WWE Network has a um, NXT preview video now at the top of it, which is dated the 31st of December 2019, um, which introduces everybody to NXT. Obviously, the reasoning behind that very strange date placement um, means that whenever you load up the NXT page on any of the platforms that WWE Network runs, um, at the top is an introduction to NXT, um, which is obviously a good way of introducing the product to new subscribers. WWE very recently hitting their 2 million subscriber mark, um, which oh, is a very, very good place for WWE to be considering that this time two years ago our discussions um, all the discussions within the wrestling world were will, will they ever meet their 1 million subscriber mark <laughs> point so um, I think it's it's a clear sign that what they are putting out on NXT um, as well as NXT UK and as you've so rightfully mentioned now that I've had a chance to watch a bit of the product 205 live um, I think I think that um, this is this is very good very good place for WWE to be, and I think NXT is a, is is doing really well at the moment. Um, matches for Takeover um, on April fifth from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Um, obviously, Brooklyn is usually where they put on some of their best shows. Although this won't be an NXT take Miller time, it won't be an NXT. Um, won't be an NXT Brooklyn show. It will be an NXT New York show. Um, this is obviously to kind of differentiate it from the traditional NXT Brooklyn um, that takes place on the Saturday before SummerSlam. There are five matches currently confirmed um, for NXT TakeOver. Um, this week on NXT UK, um, it was revealed and confirmed that the WWE UK title match between Walter, or as um, Alex McGuinness, and now most of the UK, the English-speaking um, members of the NXT, Queen's English, of course, um, NXT UK announced team are calling him Walter, um, will be facing Pete Dunne, um, the reigning champion and currently the longest holding champion of the modern era, um, clocking in at an impressive 630 days um, as of the point of takeover. Um, and counting. <clears throat> and counting, yes. Um, 
what are your thoughts on the NXT UK title match? How have you felt the build, the build is? And um, what are your thoughts on um, on who's going to win and how it's going to play out? I mean, the way they built it is, is putting them as a tag team, um, which is great. So they're able to face off against other competitors and then do the taunts in the ring at each other, which is kind of weird, I think. <laughs> but... <laughs> I think it's... It's a tried and tested kind of WWE methodology nowadays, um, especially with someone like Walter, who is literally um, being brought in um, and his entire storyline is that he is he is a championship player. Um, but the audience reaction to him is obviously one that is quite strong and fond, um, which means that um, it is a face versus face situation. Technically speaking, there is no way that Walter can enter NXT UK with a with what is effectively a smartened audience um, and remain a heel. Um, it's it's just not something he can do. Um, and it's understandable why they would possibly put them together in a tag team against against a team of heels as a result. Um, but yeah, how are you, how are you thinking they're playing against each other? Uh, quite well. It's all about respect at the moment. They respect each other, and that's, yeah. and that's how it's going to go into the match. It's all going to be built on respect. Mm. But I do see I think... a heel turn from one mm. of them within the match. Yeah, I mean, Pete Dunne, we know, can turn heel. Um, I don't think that he's necessarily um, ne he necessarily needs to do it against Walter. I think Walter is the much more likely candidate to be turning heel at this stage, um, especially considering especially considering that Pete Dunne um, will probably, once he does drop the UK title, due to his popularity um, in the States, he will probably be moving on from the NXT UK brand um, as a as an actual regular stable mate and possibly be moving on to the onto the main card um or at and least into the NXT. But I, I would love to see him on SmackDown. I'd love to see him on SmackDown, but I think he'll definitely go to Raw. Um yeah, he's certainly got more of the raw kind of image, hasn't he? Um certainly when it comes to he's not he's not a he doesn't come across as a worker, Smackdown. he comes across as a brawler. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, he he is a he is a wrestler with strong brawling territory um, te um, tendencies. However, one of the more one of the more common traits you do see across Raw is that it is more of a place for for that brawl style. And when it comes to British strong style, he certainly he certainly wears the MMA influence a bit stronger than um, someone like Tyler Bate or. Um, or of course, Noam Dar or someone like that. I don't think he's got an MMA style. He's more catch cam, isn't he? Well, yeah, um, he's catch catch cam, but he he. I suppose what I'm saying is he's still got that. He's got the striking element to him um, that isn't necessarily part of the regular arsenal of. Um, of the British strong style stalwarts. Um, certainly in the case of Mustache Mountain, for instance, um, they they do strike, but they don't look big enough to do raw style strikes, if that makes sense. Um, and they would be much more kind of at home, I think definitely in Vince McMahon's eyes, somewhere like SmackDown, as opposed to Pete Dunne, who I think 
has that Triple H feel to him, he he could very well end up being a raw guy through and through. No, I completely agree with that he's going to be going to Raw. Um, but saying that the smaller guys have the striking capability, Pete Dunne does have that, even though he is a smaller guy, he comes across much longer than he's doing it, right? compared to some other wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, his strike... His strikes are very hard-hitting. Um, they're very rough-looking. They're very brawl-looking. Um, and that's and why that's no, that's... A, a, maybe a Samoa Joe, Pete Dunne, SmackDown, United States Championship match could be a good way of bringing him in. That would, that would be fucking phenomenal. That would be a great um, feud to start with. I am 100% in agreement with you that SmackDown would be the better place to see him. However, I think it... Rory's where he will be going and I think it's for those reasons that I've said I think it's entirely based on image I think it's entirely based on perception and whether we like it or not everything he does looks like it hurts and I think upon watching a few of his matches um, if he ever gets around to it Vince McMahon will probably say <laughs> um, that he, he falls in the brawler category um, and we'll see him more as a Stone Cold Steve Austin than an Eddie Guerrero um, if that makes sense no, no, it doesn't make sense. No, but mm. you, you, you talk about his brawling style, but he, he mixes that with the um, joint manipulation, with the technical ability, like uh, Zach oh, Stanton yeah. Jr., for instance. So he has that capability. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a very good I think a very good person to reference would be Zach Saber Jr. I think also someone um, someone like a. Um, like a Marty Skrull yeah. or a um or even to a lesser extent um a slightly a slightly smaller um version of um Tomohiro Ishii if you give him an extra 20 years of, do- of fighting his style definitely but um I I definitely think that they will see the more marketable ability of him being the brawler style that is is much more prominent on raw um it's a shame I would, I th- but I am also very much aware that Pete Dunne, especially with his great character work, will be at home pretty much on any brand in any organisation. But hopefully, it doesn't go the same way as Taz. Similar size, similar size, just ends up in commentary. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly that's exactly it. Um, I mean, f- future Hall of Famer Taz. Um. Yes, this year, hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed it's not this. Fingers year. crossed it is. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear that. I do not rich. want to. S- <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm Taz. I'm going to be here later. <laughs> I'm going to be. I'm going to be taking getting my Hall of Fame. But first, we got to look at D Generation X. I really like D Generation X. There's some great wrestlers in it. Um, there's some wonderful, wonderful people in it. Um, but you know, it's like, yeah, I'm Taz. That's that's that. There's going to be four hours of that. Canadian. If Taz. I do end up doing that show, yeah, yeah. Don't know what all this is about. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so, who do you think is going to win out of Matt Riddle and the Velveteen Dream? Velveteen Dream obviously won his title um, late February um, from Johnny Gargano um, in one hell of a match. Um, 
and this will be his first real title defence of much note. Um, I think he may be coming off the back of some niggling injuries, which will be why he won't have spent so much time in the ring. Um, however, he is the Velveteen Dream. He doesn't really need to at this stage. Um, what are your thoughts on this I'm match? I'm quite excited for this match. Uh, the exchange that they had in yeah. the Fatal Five way was really fun to see. The chemistry seems to be there, so it's going to be a high, high energy. They're going to do reverse for reverse kind of style match. There's going to be the mind games from Velveteen Dream. You're going to get the bro chant going off every fucking left, right, and center with the mix of Velveteen Dream. Yeah, the crowd yeah, are going to be it's going to be, absolutely ready. Yeah, it's going to be a half and half, isn't it? They're both yeah, really popular. This could be this could be probably one of the this could probably be one of the most popular matches of the entire weekend I think um, I think when we're talking match of the year candidate providing Matt Riddle can bring it um, to such a um, such a large stage so early in his in his career um, with the WWE at least um, I think that this could be the type of match that you end up seeing in the match of the year compilation um, and collection at the end of the year um, if it's if it comes out as well as it does um, very very much looking for. forward to yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't really rating Matt Riddle, but since he's been a performance and I've really, really come on a long way. To be fair, I'm really, yeah, I'm really enjoying his work. Velveteen Dream is um, obviously, I mean, he could get a good match out of Pickle Rick. He is, he is one hell of a great wrestler. And he's... <laughs> I... D- <laughs> I don't know. My whenever I think of Velveteen Dream, I've I've got to ask the question: What do you think he's? Go- who do you think he's going to dress as? That's a good question. I mean, he can go over the whole Rick Roosting and have the whole faces on either side. He could dress in the same colours as, you know, the original bro. Yeah. Um, he could he could go that way. Um, I I think he might surprise us. I think we might be looking at um, either a ultimate warrior homage, um, or alternatively, an Undertaker homage. But why? Um, especially if the Undertaker isn't wrestling this year at WrestleMania, um, then I would imagine that he would do an Undertaker homage. Um, what, if not, American I badass. imagine he'd do a. Um, he, I would say probably a dead man American badass hybrid, yeah. Um, especially if Taker is is heading to the Hall of Fame this year, he could do a DX homage, of, of course. Um, because of course the, you know, um, like Shawn Michaels thing or similar. Um, he could definitely pull off any of those kind of things because of the Hall of Fame influence. Well, um, the, yeah, no, the he could I do that. I mean, I mean, Shawn Michaels has made Velveteen Dream his. Pet project, so you could see a homage that way. Yeah, that, that would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. Um, and of course, the other potential is the Ultimate Warrior, simply because he's done um, he's done Macho Man Randy Savage, he's done um, Hulk Hogan twice. Um, logic would dictate um, that if he is still going for that classic image, um, then the Ultimate Warrior would need to Sting. would need to have a have a bit of a go. Sting. Um, <laughs> I would love to see him do Sting, <laughs> um, um, which can be read either way, and I'm just going to leave that hanging there. 
So NXT Tag Team Titles match. Um, that's going to be the um, the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic winners, um, which is of course Alistair Black and. Um, I think most people have seen NXT in order for us to be talking about it now, yeah? The match is happening next week. Oh, is yeah. it? Oh. Forgotten Sons vs. Alpha Black and Ricochet. So the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic winners will be facing the War Raiders. Jay, who do you think it's going to be? Well, to be honest with you, I think it might be Alpha Black and Ricochet. <laughs> oh, what gave you that insight? <laughs> <laughs> just got this hunch, you know. Just got this hunch. Yeah. yeah. They seem to be pushing heavily on yeah. the main roster. Why not just screw over yeah. the forgotten sons to be forgotten about and just um, put them forward so they can lose at War Raiders and they can carry on building their tag team image, even though they're never on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're never on TV. Who the War Raiders? Yeah. They well, some might argue that they don't need to be. Because obviously, people are doing the tag team tournament to face them, so they're obviously the prize at the end to face them to win the tag team titles as such. So yeah, they don't really have to be on TV, but maybe yeah. cut a promo every now and again, just um, so you know who they are. Yeah, I mean that might help actually. I mean, at or this just stage, a backstage do... segment. Just something yeah. to keep on TV. You, you just don't just take it completely off TV. That's crazy. Yeah, I can understand your thoughts on that one, to be honest. Um, yeah, War Raiders. I, I really like the War Raiders. I really liked them as War Machine. Um, I thought some of their work in New Japan Pro Wrestling was some of the best tag team work that oh, you've ever seen. Brilliant. guys. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, and I certainly, um, there have been rumblings that obviously part of their success was um, the the caliber and quality of their opponents. Um, certainly in the case of, say, the Young Bucks and, um, and Tangalao and Tamatanga. And um, obviously, um, obviously all of the six-way matches that they had that were very, very high impact um, with with Cody Rhodes when he was at his height in the tag team wrestling division as well, um, partnering with all of these all of these various people. However, however, I feel that they are two of the best big guy tag teams ever to have laced up a pair of boots. Um, and I hope that we get to see them show it in this match. Um, and honestly speaking whether it is um whether it is ricochet and alistair black or the forgotten sons who end up facing <laughs> who we have no facing idea what the outcome is going to be <laughs> yeah we don't know we don't know at all um don't i know. feel that the war raiders will will obviously um will obviously pick go up the over. as well yeah i feel they need to go over um i feel that they they've got plenty more great matches in the nxt tag team division um moving forward and then move up to the main roster to be forgotten about and do nothing and become war jobbers the war jobbers um fatal four way for the nxt women's championship um that is Called going it. to be Kyrie Sane, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Shayna Baszler. Yes, you did indeed no, 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 call no. it. Has definitely been announced. That has definitely been announced mm. at this stage. So, what are your thoughts? 
Cheney Blazers doesn't have to lose the title. Uh, I think Cheney Blazers is actually going to be going up to the main roster. I think Cheney Blazers is going to be interjected into the Triple Threat match, and she will help Ronda Rousey win her belt title. And that's how she's going to come up to the main roster. So she will lose this match, and I think Bianca Belair is going to take the title. I hope Bianca Belair takes the title. She is one of the most innovative female wrestlers I've seen since the original Four Horsewomen. Um, I think she is an incredible talent, and I think she has been very, very well utilised um, so far. I'm very much looking forward oh, to I seeing what I should really with. save that, that Shani Bezos thing, should I? Um, <laughs> no. No, I think I no. think it's all right. I, no. I won't I won't promote it this time, but we can we can certainly we will certainly discuss it further um, when it comes to our go home show mm. in a couple of weeks' time. That is on um, the week preceding WrestleMania and its tea takeover, and of course the extravaganza at Madison Square Garden. As Maybe we the call show it. of the week. Yes, yes, as we call it. Um, actually, no, I don't actually have anything else to call it, so I'm not going to carry on that thought. Um, oh, PW. Carrie Sane. Ring Aya Shirai. Carrie <laughs> <laughs> Sane, Aya Shirai. Um, do you think they'll have any big plays in this? Oh, you see, you'll probably find a little bit of a breakdown going up because they cut a promo on NXT. Um, stating that they're friends, but they will fight each other. They need to be, but there'll be some kind of like breakdown in their in their relationship in the match, which then leaves Bianca Belair to come in and pin one of them because yeah. Jenny Bates is not getting pinned on this one. She'll just keep. Uh, they'll they'll keep, keep strong, basically. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and I think it's probably time to talk about the title match, um, shall we? Um. It's going to be, for the first time ever, in an NXT ring, um, a two out of three falls match for the vacant NXT title. Um, it's going to be Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, Gargano. <laughs> He's not because some kind Adam of cheese. Cole won that match. A very lackluster match for something that had so much build. It could have been so much better. I mean, there was some. Was, some I liked. I, I really liked Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black's one-on-one segments. They they were always going to be good. They've always got good chemistry. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed the Velveteen Dream uh, Matt Riddle uh, one-on-one interaction, but mm. the whole match didn't flow. It seemed a bit broken to me. You've always rated Adam Cole quite highly, um, baby. Yeah, you're a big fan of Adam Cole, baby. Um, I myself, I've kind of liked him, but I was a much bigger fan of um, his New Japan work than I have been of his work in NXT. I don't know whether part of the, part of that is me marking out um, because um, he's not particularly a heel that I I find I can kind of like the bad part of me can get behind because he's so um gun shot before he did his uh super kick I on did. yeah i did notice that, cool. that there I was like that. yeah i did like that it was a reference it's like to he the forgot old he wasn't Bullet supposed Club. to do it he was just like ooh, ooh, oh no i to do that super kick <laughs> <laughs> yeah it Lost was in the moment um, kind of thing 
Yeah, and I think it. I think it worked. I liked it, um, and yeah, um, it was. It was definitely a callback to his position within the original, the original Bullet Club um, with with Prince Devitt. So it was nice to see that old school kind of area. Um, what do you think in regards to a two out of three falls match? Um, what what can we expect from this? What can we expect from this? We can expect two quick pinfalls, I think, will happen. Um, and I also think that obviously Undisputed Era is going to get involved somewhere. You see, do, I... Do I think Johnny Gogan is going to win? No. I think Adam Cole is going to take it. And that's that first championship they're going to get before the takeover NXT this year. Because the story should say Johnny Gogan should win, but he would have had to beat Tommaso Ciampa for that to be validated with him not being in the match and adding undisputed era to it. This does mean that... Really. I mean, Johnny Gargano, um, looking back, I mean, very recently, if you do have the chance and if you are still um, listening to us at this point, um, I would definitely say if you just look back in Johnny Gargano's timeline um, on Twitter over the past few weeks, he recently um, referenced a um, he recently referenced a documentary that was made about him while he was on the independent scene. Um, if you give that a good click, it's a it's a damn good kind of twenty to thirty minute. Um, um, multi-part documentary um, about his time on the indie scene and his attitude towards wrestling. And one of the things that you notice coming out of that is that he is a long-term multi-promotional storytelling machine. This guy has a severe kayfabe character arc that has been going since the moment he first laced up his boots um, in the independence and it has continued to follow him onto his main onto his NXT career as it were. I would very much agree with what you're saying in regards to him losing this match um, and the reason I would say that is for Johnny Gorgano I see his future being a long hard climb up the ladder of the WWE main roster that takes many years. Um, and I, I honestly do believe that it would be many years with Tommaso Ciampa always one step ahead until that final moment at WrestleMania 40 with Tommaso Ciampa with the WWE title and Johnny Gorgano finally, finally facing off against him and winning. That, to me, is the story to the scope that Johnny Gargano deserves and this Tommaso Ciampa angle deserves. And I think that there is so much mileage available in that and there's so much more that can be wrung out of this Johnny Gargano character that, for me, that's the only place that he can win that title. But on the main roster, he's going to get that kind of storytelling from, from the creative. That's what you've um, got to think about. Is he going to get screwed over going up to the main roster or should he be, or should he be staying on XT? This very, very much depends on how divorced from the product Vince McMahon becomes over the next few years with the XFL. For well, me. yeah, um, well, if, if Johnny, if Johnny Gargano doesn't tell that story here, he will tell it in. He will tell it somewhere else. Um, uh, and Tommaso Ciampa, being the professional that he is, will probably end up going with him to tell it. <laughs> Um, in some way, shape, or form. Because the only way for Tommaso Ciampa is up, he strikes me as the kind of guy who will at some point end up being 
underutilized on the main roster and he doesn't strike me as the kind of person who would just sit pretty pretty and collect a paycheck for it he strikes me as the kind of person who'd quite happily take three years out in somewhere like AEW or New Japan Pro Wrestling or Impact um, go and continue on that story there if if Johnny Gargano is about on those in, in those independent promotions he would probably go wherever that was finish a story um, obviously make himself a mega star again and then come back to the WWE much like someone like a a, um, a Drew McIntyre or, or you know a Shelton Benjamin to a lesser extent um, sadly Shelton Benjamin's been very much underutilized since he came back from New Japan but for me I think Tommaso Ciampa would would continue that storyline and he would go wherever Johnny Gorgano went um, or at least he would end up going there when it came time for him to enter his mid-career lull that WWE so likes to put their greatest wrestlers through. you got to think how, how much time this Tommaso Ciampa got left. Uh, he, I guess he is, yeah. Um, I mean, he's had back-to-back surgeries. He's had his knees done, his shoulders done, now it's his neck. I mean, how long can this guy really go for? Can he make it to Wrestle 40? Uh, WrestleMania 40? Um, if not, then, you know... Johnny Gorgano still needs to be the guy to end that career. He does. So if they're going to be telling that story, then they need to tell it quick when he gets back. I don't think they need to necessarily tell it quick, but they do necessarily. But they do need to make sure that that is his. The conclusion of that story is the main focus of that character. Because, from what what you see from Tommaso Ciampa, the type of character that he is, on screen. Um, and for someone to do these back-to-back surgeries and come back every single time, apparently the neck problem was something that was happening already. It was long-standing, and they they had to, to sort out that vertebrae. Otherwise, it would have got worse, and he probably wouldn't have a career. So when he comes back in what four to six months, where will Johnny Gargano be? Would it be still at NXT, or would he have gone to main roster and solidified himself as maybe a um, mid-card? Um, level maybe holding the IC or US title before Tomasa comes back and would he go straight to the main roster or would they put him to NXT again that's that's the question just to see if he can actually go without getting injured um, I think the um, I think Tommaso Ciampa has proven at this stage um, that even if he is injured he um, even if he is injured he always comes back and can still continue to go um, I don't think that he would. I don't think that he would come back at all if um, his product would be compromised in any way. Um, I, he may have to work slower for a period, um, but I think Johnny Gargano um, can certainly take up the slack in regards to that anyway. Um, <laughs> so if Johnny Gargano does have the US title, and I'm going to say the US title because the Intercontinental title is is just one big juggling ball at this stage. So yeah, but, you know, US title is... at this point, it's not. It's been passed from Shinsuke to Rusev to Samoa Joe, or to R-Truth to Samoa Joe. Sorry, within mm. the last three weeks, four yeah. weeks. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, there hasn't been a major 
but I mean, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Gargano would very much be the kind of guy who who would be able to do that Kevin Owens thing of taking a title that has been passed around um, week in, week out, and take it and just go straight in with a straight in with a long term run with it um, and a great gimmick change as well. Um, you know, I think I think he genuinely could do that. Um, I th- I can see him holding a title that is a mid card title, and I can see Tommaso Ciampa coming in and taking a very big title, um, and then and then Johnny Gorgano having to chase that. That to me will be the ideal situation. Maybe a shock victory, an elimination chamber for the title. Um, going into a WrestleMania match between the two, um, yeah, no, probably I'd, won't I'd, happen. It would, it would work, but I, I think that would work. Um, it, going into, you know, that could be on the back of say a Royal Rumble and elimination in the final four. Um, maybe a, a feud to carry it through. Um, one gets into the elimination chamber, the other doesn't. Next thing you know, Tommaso Ciampa's the the, the title holder. Um, and then take it into the Royal Rumble. I can't see that maybe for WrestleMania 2020, but I could certainly see it at, at WrestleMania 21. Yeah, but saying that, again, that's that's long-term storytelling, which is what they do. But with injuries, how long can he go? Well, I don't know. If we're in, if we're in Vince McMahon's world... Not very long at all because he loves his shiny new toys. But if we're in no, Triple H's world, yeah, if we're in Vince's world, he would just, he would just get put mid lower card and he will stay there. He'll be on main event doing all that stuff. In Triple yeah. H's world, he will get pushed. Yeah, exactly. In Triple H's world, um, I, and that is the world we're apparently stepping into. Um, if it ever fucking comes, <laughs> then yeah. Yeah, that, that, it, it, the the sky's the limit. I suppose we'll have to see what AEW brings to the table because, it's, I mean, if if it does kick off and we do get some kind of war going off, they're going to have to put their best wrestlers forth and not think yeah, about what injuries they've already had and just be like, well, we're going to go with this because we need all our top-tier talent at the top to bring the best quality products. So the Bleacher Report um, on March 21st, that was um, that was obviously Thursday, um, came with a piece that was called WWE Stars in Danger of Being Released After WrestleMania 35. It lists five WWE candidates for release. Um, the five on this list were Mojo Rawley. Oh, but he talks into a mirror, so he's fine. Uh, yeah, that's true. He does. He does indeed. Yeah. <laughs> he does indeed. Um, they summarise this by saying that truth be told, he's been given the opportunity to shine on multiple occasions and has failed to impress each and every time. Perhaps the powers that be have realised there's no point in pushing him again. Don't be surprised to see him released within the next few months. Um, I care about him anyway. So. Tyler Breeze is another one that they are saying. Um, I think they're overall kind of theory on it is that um, they already have Adolf Ziggler <laughs> and Brizango is Boston dead. Back in NXT. Um, I would say Jacob, Bra- Jacob, put him back in NXT. Yeah, I would say put him back in NXT. I would say even better, put him, in, 
put him in a Pete Dunn kind of position, not as a UK champion, obviously, but as a touring prize fighter um, who goes between brands, especially um, the three lower card brands um, as the Prince Pretty character, um, as he recently appeared as him, um, as you may remember. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think that would be the perfect thing to do with him. Um, I think he's a great kind of talent who is capable of doing that kind of thing. Um, believe it or not, the next one's going to hurt. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt anybody who has ever loved a good hat. Um, Alicia Fox <laughs> <laughs> um, is number three Not on their Alicia list. Alicia Fox. She brings yeah, so much no. to the table. Right. <laughs> yeah. She... Um, she does that, um, um, so yeah, she'll be missed. She, she will be missed. She'll be missed. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly by the barman. <laughs> <laughs> the colognes, the colons. Oh, they brought them back. Not doing anything with them. They put the jobbers, aren't they? Yeah. Just get yeah. rid of them. There's no need for them anyway. More than enough tag teams to go around, and they're not particularly good at what they do. And finally, um, Shelton Benjamin. Well, they don't use him on TV. The only person that tried to get him on TV was Paul Heyman against Seth Rollins. That's the only TV time that he's had. And that would have been down to Paul Heyman for his relationship with Brock Lesnar, and that's the storyline, but trying to get him some TV time to showcase his talent and that match was fucking excellent Seth Rollins versus Sean Benjamin why not put him Sean Benjamin Sean Benjamin has had some absolute stone cold classics um, and it's a shame that the style doesn't necessarily allow him to showcase the best of his ability um, at this stage because out of all of the people on this list, he is the one that I have always wanted to see more of. Um, but he was in a tag team only... with Gable, and then Gable went over to Raw, that he just went into obscurity, like didn't get used at all. It's yeah, really and it's one of those things. It's it's like when um it's like when they randomly broke up the Dudleys um by by switching them across brands and. Um, when when you look at that and like Devon for instance just has just had nothing to do um, so they put him in that in that in that crazy kind of gimmick that they put him in um, and then and then you know obviously Bubba Ray just ended up just kind of floating and then they did the same as well with with the Hardy Boys when they just artificially broke them up um, with the brand split and. There's, Shelton Benjamin seems to be a consistent um, victim of that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, no, with you, with you. Um, of course, if you do want to see great Shelton Benjamin matches, um, you can of course dip into the past archive of NJPW World. I particularly would recommend um, his. Well, yeah, ROH as well. Um, I would particularly recommend his um, match from 
the 1st of August, um, G1 Climax Day 1 at Kurokan Hall. This was in 2012. Um, his match against Hiroshi Tanahashi is an absolute match fucking classic and his match um, a year later at Wrestling Duntako at the Fukuoka National Center for the IWGP Intercontinental title against Shinsuke Nakamura was exactly what you would expect from a match between those two superstars it is a great example of what these two superstars can do if you're if you've only ever seen WWE those two matches alone are worth getting the NJPW network for just to see why these people are so popular um but yeah just wanted to kind of shout out to my boy Shelton Benjamin there keep on trucking keep on trucking Shelton <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> what is that? Okay. Keep on pushing it. Love you, Sean. Uh, my boy, Sean. Yeah. yeah. My boy. Yeah, he's my boy. He's my boy. Dragon Whip. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear me. Oh, so, anything else from the magical world of wrestling this week that you can think of that you want to you want to reference right here? Or well, I was going to mention this release that was asking NXT, but he's not even made the middle roster yet. So no. Um, yeah, it's Ricardo Miller, isn't it? Ricardo Miller. Ricardo Miller recently requested his release. Was it his um, real name Stacey Irvin Junior? Um, not a clue. Well, I think it might be because that's what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> he likes to do squats while he jumps. So Stacey Irving Jr. requested his WWE release, and now um, Ricardo Miller has um, also. Right. So this this is actually there's a few people that we other. haven't learned. Who they are, really. And this guy was yeah, some kind of gymnast. Too. And yeah, he's asked for his release. This is the Irvin Junior guy. So there's been two. I wasn't aware of that. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon were spotted at a KISS conference earlier tonight. Concert. I'm sorry, a KISS event. Yeah. Yes, a KISS gig. concert. With fire. Yes, a gig. And zip Like normal people. Like normal fucking people. I've seen, and when, I've seen and of course, KISS live before. Yeah, I, I once met Gene Simmons in a pub while he was skill, filming School of Rock. Um, was that the old angel yeah, by this, any chance? It was indeed. Um, but yeah, this is from Ringside News here. Um, the article reads, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon spotted at KISS concert. Um, KISS has a huge man. arm. KISS has a huge army and apparently Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are... Are soldiers? Sorry, it says area soldiers because they can't spell. Uh, because the game in the Billion Dollar Princess recently attended a Kiss concert on a date night. Um, it goes on to talk about this as if it's like breaking fucking news. And then its source that it cites is a picture that Triple H posted on his Twitter of them standing at the concert. Yay. People do so that, right? that isn't that that isn't fucking news. That's just 
a couple get That's, into the gear. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> does not constitute four fucking paragraphs, um, and you don't need to say Kiss has a huge army and apparently Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are area soldiers because they weren't recently spotted. They recently tweeted that they were fucking there. Felix Upton of Ringside News, I am calling you out. You are a bullshit journalist. <laughs> hey, guy. <laughs> Bye, guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else about this? No, I think we're, no, I think we're pretty, pretty much, pretty much just running on fumes now, aren't we? Yeah. 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 Getting a bit carbon, carbon carbon. Stuff. I'm gonna shut up. Right, okay, bit of a ride, bye. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys. See you later. Bit of a ride. Peace. <laughs> Music. Bit of a 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 bit of a